Boom, and we're live. Hey, great to see you. Thank you for being here. Appreciate good, you, man. I wore this back. just for you. Hey, yeah, Bam. I like it. I like um, it. And thank you for the gift, too, man. You're just pandering at this point, brother. No. Come on, man. I do. I wore this for you. I, I had it. I knew I had it. I had to, I had to go find it. My daughter's friend's ex-boyfriend worked for Glock. Ah, okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, no, I had to get your gift, man. Here. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's my life pod. It's like my portable safe. Because you know out here in California, you have to... If you're going to travel with a firearm, right. it has to be in a locked case. Right. And so when I travel out here to California, I do bring a firearm with me. I can't carry because you know my license isn't recognized out here. But I can keep a gun in like my hotel and. What do you have to do to like? Ted Nugent can carry everywhere because mm-hmm. he's like a sheriff or some shit. Yeah, there's always you know you have those little special licenses. Yeah, right? you gotta you yeah. gotta. <laughs> Did you ever see the Steven Seagal show, the TV show where he was a cop? Uh, it's like Steven Seagal Lawman or some shit, but I it's think a so. real. I think I was younger when he when it came out. But... He was a real cop. Uh-huh. Like he was uh, arresting people. <laughs> like he was, showing, <laughs> he was showing up at people's houses, you know, with a gun drawn. And they're like, are you fucking Steven Seagal? Like, hey, man, what's going on here? Wait, hold on. So it was like a reality show. A reality show. Stop this is it right it. here. Yeah. And he would pull people. And because he was in New Orleans, he developed this. Give me some, some volume on this. You got to hear his accent. Oh, we'll get we'll get kicked off of YouTube if we give us a ball. But you got to watch it on your own. He developed his like sis Louisiana accent. Oh yes, he did. Oh yes, he did. Oh yes, he did. Oh yes, he did. It was me and my friend Tom Segura's favorite show. We would talk to each other about. It all Great the time. thing is, I grew up watching this dude. It's so it's fun. Like he's literally running around. Yeah, ridiculous. People. Ridiculous. You know, I make fun of that dude all the time, and he deserves it. But he was a legit aikido master. The suspect that we're looking for is sitting on the ground right there. See, now that's a normal accent. It varies. It varies widely and wildly depending upon who he's actually talking to. <laughs> this is surreal. Sometimes he's talking to certain folks. He, he'll put on like a deep Louisiana okay. accent. So, so how do I open this bad right. boy? So I think right now. Is this your brand? Yes. So oh, basically I teamed up with this company called Voltec. That's when you know you're a real gun nut when you got your own gun safe. <laughs> I think it only made sense. So how do I uh, open this thing? All right. So basically there's, there isn't a battery in it yet, but what you would do is you see those clamps on the side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put the clamps on. That makes it watertight. Okay. And so it's more, it's, it's a lifestyle case also. Lifestyle case. Yeah. So like there are people, I just did a post where somebody was on a jet ski and he had his like all his valuables and contents in there because it floats. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I yeah. see. I see yeah. what you're saying. So if you dropped in the water or anything like that. Oh, it's, it says here the pew, 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 pew life. Yeah. Yeah. Pew, pew. <laughs> Get it? Gun people don't know what the fuck that means. If you say <gasps> the, the pew, 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 pew life. Yeah. Gun people or non-gun people? Not, excuse me. Non-gun non, people. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't. People. They're kind of like what? Church? You mean like pews in a church right. or a Catholic? I was like, no. What does that mean? Pew, pew, like stinky? Yeah. Like I wore a shirt one time and lady was like, What's pew pew? And she's like, what does that mean? I was like, guns. She was like, oh. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. People, this is one of the reasons why I contacted you. I contacted you right when the looting hit. Uh-huh. <laughs> because That's racist. <laughs> no, because there were a lot of white people looting. Yeah, um, it was a thing where I recognized that there was a giant shift in people's perception of the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is a good time for you again. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, yeah, because you're out there beating the drums and sounding the alarms, and all these people that are anti-Second Amendment people were a lot of these motherfuckers that were lined up in California trying to buy a gun last minute. Yep. Because as soon as the lockdown hit, people started getting really nervous. 
when people started getting locked in their homes, mm-hmm. and then uh, people, when they realized they weren't going to work, people started worrying about people stealing and th- things along those lines. Um, I heard about people getting carjacked and uh, or, or getting their groceries jacked, rather, where they're headed to their car from the grocery store. <laughs> things got real weird. And then you saw these giant lines at these L.A. gun stores, and that's when I got a hold of you. Because gotcha. I, yeah. I think it's very... It's a really important conversation. I think you're the best at explaining it from a very rational perspective that, you know, people in during the times before COVID, they didn't think that this was important. Yeah. But you were always one of those guys where it was like, hey, what if shit, shit goes happened. down? Yeah. Well, guess what? Shit it, went down. It did. It's kind of like me carrying a firearm. You know, a yeah. lot of people ask me, they're like... When I started carrying a gun, I'm like, why? Why do you need to carry a gun? Like, what, what do you think? You're a drug dealer or something? I'm like, look, it's nothing for me to take my, 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 my phones, my wallet, my keys, and then put my gun on and go about my life. It's right. nothing for me it's to normal. do that. Yeah. And, and it's, not much of a, it's not much of an uh, of encumbrance on my life where it's like, okay, it's not worth the day-to-day of me carrying a firearm. But if I ever needed it, that's going to be the most important thing I have on me to protect that life. So it's a, it's a small price to pay for something that has such a huge upside if it ever happens. This- yeah, well, you're a best case scenario though. Mm-hmm. You're you're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You're super intelligent. You're a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. But you also love guns. Yes. Like what people are worried about is worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. They're worried about someone who's a criminal who just wants to rob people who has this ultimate power over folks. And that's what everybody's worried about when it comes to guns. They're worried about a school shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're worried about a mass murderer. They're worried about a guy who breaks into a mosque and starts gunning people down. That's what they're worried about. And that, that's, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Like, I really, truly, honestly get it. I, I know you I empathize and sympathize with that. But my whole thing is this. Once we move past that understanding of, so, you know, you have the best case scenario, which you pointed out was theoretically me, so to speak. And then you have the worst case scenario where you have, you know, criminals, you have crazy people, mass shooters, things of that nature. Once we get out of that realm. So let's talk about the reality because, you know, there's overlaps, right? Mm-hmm. So I usually ask people, well, what law are you going to come up with that's going to completely stop that? No one knows. Now, I'm not saying that because I have the absolute answer. But what I can tell you is this. If we don't know what law we can come up with that's going to completely stop that, because you can say ban, you can ban all the guns tomorrow. You're still going to have crime. You're still going to have those crazy people doing those same things. We have 300 million, over 300 million guns in this country. Not going anywhere. You can ban them from law-abiding citizens, and we'd have to deal with that as it comes. But at the end of the day, criminals are still going to get their hands on guns. And so what you have to understand and accept is from a reality standpoint, if you know that, when all the barriers that are placed to prevent these things don't work, the only person that's going to be able to do anything about it is you. And you want the best thing possible at your disposal to contend against that. And that's, that's what the firearm does. I'm... Do I glorify firearms? To a degree, yes, but that's because I'm a firearm enthusiast. I, I love them from a very practical, scientific. Um, Engineering. Exactly. And even from a sports, uh, entertainment, all of those things, right? It's very holistic in that regard. But for people who are just understanding it from a practical perspective, like, okay, from self-defense, if that's the only box you wanted to live in, perfect, that makes per- that's perfectly fine with me. I just have a problem where people say things like, well, no one needs to have a firearm. But then you're perfectly aware of all the violence and everything else that goes on in this country. And you understand the limitations of of the first responders that we have in place to be able to prevent it. And if you understand that, theoretically speaking, you're on your own. 
And I don't mean that from the very sadistic kind of, um, you know, no way out kind of perspective, but it's just reality. The yeah. reality of the case is, and we just learned, and we're learning it now with the whole COVID situation. Yeah. You're on your own. Well, not just COVID, right? Like, how about, um, I have my friend John Joseph. He lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. And in New York City, there's a, there's a lot of cops that are quitting. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of sh- crazy shit going on. He sent me a text message. He has a buddy that works in Harlem as a cop. And he said there was 28 shootings in one night. Which is just fucking bonkers. <laughs> and nuts. this guy is... Like, yeah, he and, you sent, said, and this is New York? Yeah, this is in Harlem. So he keep, sent me... Keep, this is the list of all the shootings that he sent me. This is his his buddy's twenty one years old, and he's working um, in uh, in Harlem. Keep keep in mind, New York has by far some of the strictest gun. It's literally yes. one of the only places that when I travel to, I will not bring a gun. Yeah, I was like, going to bring that up, <laughs> and then the other one I was going to bring up is Chicago, which yeah. is very similar mm-hmm. in very that much regard. So. Yeah, and there's a there's a running total online there's a website that shows all the shootings in chicago and it's fucking bonkers like i mean just look look at what just happened father's day i mm-hmm. think it was like 102 people shot yeah like yeah. that's fucking ridiculous fucking crazy and but here's, here's the thing about that too there's there's a consistency and a pattern behind these types of shootings it's yeah. not even like so usually when you deal with a problem the first thing you do is you try to look for a pattern to see if you can figure it figure out a pattern so you can try to solve it yeah. Um, and you see, okay, what, what's the common denominator of all these things? And then why is it? And then you can figure out, start to figure out why it happens. The idea that we're going to create laws that's going to stop something that's so centralized and, it, and it's so, it's, it's, there's a fundamental cause for the types of violence that we're talking about right now because they're happening in very specific areas of our country. This isn't widespread. Right. It's not like it's like we just have this mass violence across the country. Uh, on the contrary, violence, violent crime is actually going down. If you look at it from a statistical standard, however, there are very there are pockets within our country right. that have this violence, and there's consistencies within that pocket. One of the big ones being gun laws. Not not gun laws, extreme poverty. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Because yes. a oh, lot of it okay. is is, is, yeah. is our inner cities. Because if you think about it, it you, some people like to even place it base it upon race, right? And then say, okay, well, this is a black on black violence issue. Yeah, I can understand that. But however, if you really think about it, think about some of the most affluent black neighborhoods in the country. We don't have those problems. Right. So it's a poverty issue. Exactly. And it's also an issue of, in Chicago in particular, I um, took a ride once. I had a um, uh, guy who was driving us, was a former cop. Mm-hmm. And he was t- saying that they arrested a bunch of the high-level drug dealers. And they created a power vacuum. Mm-hmm. And then it started this crazy war. And then this war is just, and he's like, no one knows how to get out of it. No one knows what to do about it. Yeah. This is why Southside Chicago to this day is one of the scariest spots in this entire country. I've done two, when I was with the NRA, I did two two episodes in Southside Chicago. Are you what not are with the NRA about? anymore? No, no, I'm not. How come? Uh, the NRA and their added agency of record had a falling out, massive falling out. Um, I was basically collateral damage within that. So for whatever reason, after they're falling out, I haven't had contact with the NRA for almost a year. So were you working for them? I, yeah, pretty much. Pretty but, much. I mean, in terms of as much as, say, Don Lemon works for CNN. 
Okay. Well, yeah, he really saying. works for CNN. They give him a fat check. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't get Don Lemon. I didn't, wasn't getting Don Lemon money. But essentially, what I was doing was I was a commentator, and I was a host of my sh- of two shows on oh, their platform. Okay. That's the, the extent. A lot okay. of people thought I was an actual Are you still a person. member of the NRA? Yeah, I'm still a member of the okay. NRA. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you had a falling out with the way the organization was run. No, no. It, it, it's just radio silence. Right. Oh. On, on their end. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I, 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 the way I function, I just keep, I just keep moving. That's what I do. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So from that perspective, so there's no, on my part, there's no, there's no bad blood. I may have some critiques about certain things, but other than that, there's no bad blood. Um, have you noticed a big uptick in people interested in your message? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially a lot of people who are buying guns for the first time. Like I'm pretty sure you're getting to. Um, yeah, a lot of people asking if they could borrow buy, a gun. Yeah, <laughs> and then they get a first course lesson about how the laws work. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, also like people in California that wanted to go buy a gun, mm-hmm. they realized it takes a long time. Like you have to do a background check. Yeah. There, there's a wait period. And the funny thing that I used to get the biggest pushback from my defense of not having a waiting period for firearms. I used to get I used to get a lot of pushback from that because people were like, "Well, at least you know, it gives people time to calm down and cool off." I mean that's that that's that's cartoon land thinking. Somebody who's made a decision to kill somebody, it, they're going to kill them, or they're at least going to make an attempt to do so. Maybe the idea that that somehow not being able to buy a gun immediately to to commit that crime, I personally don't think it does anything. I don't. I think if I'm if I've set out to commit some crime against someone and I go try to get a gun and I can't get a gun, I'm going to try to find another avenue by which to get that tool that I need to commit that crime. Mm. And so. I, however, on the in the alternative, I can tell you actual stories about people trying to get firearms who needed them immediately, um, but couldn't get them, and thus probably died as a result of it. And so, and I and I know other people. People like I've had hell. I've had girlfriends in the past who have dealt with situations with stalkers who were like, "Okay, I need I need a gun for tonight because this person showed up at my house." Right. You know, things like that. And but so, don't you think that in order to safely you you want to make sure that someone is not a dangerous violent felon mm-hmm. before you sell them a, a gun. Absolutely. So there's got to be some kind of background check. Mm-hmm. We and we have them. Right. Yeah. But how long do you think you, you don't want a wait period? No, I'm against the wait period. And what is the so the logic is if like say if a woman knows that a guy is stalking her and mm-hmm. might show up at her house tonight, she wants to be able to have a gun. Absolutely, that makes sense to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still going to be a background check on that girl. Yes. Yeah, so 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 if she were to so let's let's kind of flesh that out. Okay. So right now, if you go and buy a gun from a dealer, right, someone who has a license to sell firearms as uh, as a business. You, you have to have a background check. Right. And the background check's instant. But I think a lot of people misconstrue the, the fact that the background check is instant as being insufficient. Okay. And that's not the case. It's just that we live in a technical, you know, we have technology now. Right. So it allows us to, to conduct a background check a lot quicker than we probably would 30, 40 years. Yeah, I bought my first gun in 94. And mm-hmm. the background check is like by pony. <laughs> You know, they, <laughs> they, I don't know how they did it back then, yeah. but it, it took it took a while. It's you know, a lot. It's just paperwork. They yeah. to make sure you're not a criminal. But they, you know, there was no internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so now with the internet, I mean, it's it's pretty it's right. pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I think what people are having a problem with is the private transactions. Right. Right. And right. so, generally speaking, in most states, you don't you're not required to force someone to get a background check if you were going to sell them a gun. Like if you're in a business of selling guns, then that's one thing. But if you're like, hey, Joe, you want a gun? 
and say you want to say you saw one of my guns and you're like, hey, I want to buy that gun. Right. Um, in Texas, I can I can meet meet with you as long as I know you're not a felon or have reason to know that you're a felon or a prohibited person of some sort. I can sell you the gun. So you don't have to do any kind of check. No, that's interesting. Now, I'm at liberty to say, hey, Joe, how about you meet me at this gun store and pay for a background check? Okay. On top of the price of the gun, and then have a back, and then conduct a background check, which a lot of people do. A lot Th- of people that's say yes, and so, but but you don't I, have. To. I don't like the idea that I don't like the idea of mandating private background checks. Right. So, like, if you had a friend and she had a stalker, mm-hmm. and the stalker was going to break into her house, you could legally sell her a gun in Texas right there and then. Yeah, and I she can could take. I can just give her as you long can just as just give her yeah, a gun. As long as I, like I said, as long as I don't know or have reason to know that she's a prohibitive prohibitive person mm-hmm. um, other than that yeah i can and do that again I, I bring this back to you are best case scenario mm-hmm. like for a guy like you to have a gun i don't worry about you having a gun at all i think you what i'm worried about is again people that are psychotic people that are on medication people that are dangerous mm-hmm. people that are criminals people that are thugs that's what everybody's worried about yeah as am i yeah as are I'm, you and when you're talking about giving your friend a gun again that that seems completely reasonable. You're mm-hmm. a reasonable person. I know that if you're going to give a gun to a person and you think they need it, this is going to be a, a well thought out decision. Yeah, absolutely. So the alternative, the contrary to that is what? The idea that somebody who's not like that will just be giving guns away to people. Right. Exactly. Someone who's unscrupulous. Yes. That's the worry, right? Now, the worry is someone who, you know, is wants to make a buck and they'll sell mm-hmm. guns to felons. Yeah. And that's already illegal. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's illegal. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter if you make a look. Yo, what happened? The government. They don't want us fucking around anymore, <laughs> dude. We're talking too much shit. That's the anti-gun lobby. They, yeah, I'm telling they you. They blew a fuse. <laughs> Oh, so the video shut off? Should we pause for a second here? It's the Russians. <laughs> or the Chinese. Who do you think is attacking us? That one's going? The video's going? I think so. We're going to hold, hold, folks. Hopefully nothing will happen here. And they won't think that... Everything else shut off, though. Everything up Like what? Okay, well, let's turn everything back on just in case. We'll just pause. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, something happened. There was some sort of a power surge, so we'll just pause here some for a second. Conspiracy. We'll come back. All right, we're back. So something <laughs> happened, folks. Sorry. We had some sort of a power surge. Um, all the lights went out for a second and popped back on. It was like a pop. I don't know. We don't know what. Never have that happen before. It's the fucking Russians or the Chinese or the aliens. I don't know, man. Aliens. I've, been, I've, been, I've been having some weird things happen on my end, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that was, I was going <laughs> to ask you that. Do you feel like because you have this pro-Second Amendment message, do you think people fuck with you? Because, like, <laughs> you're a, like if I was someone who had an anti-Second Amendment message, mm-hmm. you're the biggest nightmare. <laughs> a lawyer who's a friendly guy, mm. good-looking, articulate really good at media you're always doing things and you have a passion for these guns you talk about them like you you did this thing where you're walking around there's a bunch of tires around you like smiling god i love this gun and you're shooting it and you're talking and like that motherfucker loves guns like this isn't a joke (laughs) you love guns the way i love muscle cars or or bows or you know you're i mean i love guns too you know what you know what the funny thing is you know what i love slightly more than guns what cars do you (laughs) yeah what kind of cars I'm I'm more into like the the the, the vanity superficial level of cars like uh, like Astons, Ferraris, mm-hmm. Porsches, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my that's my that's more my heart 
really thumps. Mm. Yeah. I'm into cars that make me feel. Yeah. Like I feel so like, well, like, 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 like manual, manual and transmissions, you know. Well, I consider it. So my my favorite brand is Aston Martin. It's a great car. And so I consider that the English muscle car. Mm. Um, because largely they are they all the sensorial effects that you get from an American muscle car, generally speaking, with a little bit more refinement you get from Aston Martins. But then they also go wrong and they also lose value incredibly. Yeah. Um, so the go wrong part. Yeah. Dane Cook was telling yeah. me about that. He said his, he had an Aston Martin that fell apart. Mm. But uh, my friend Brendan Schaub has one right now and he loves it. Which one do you know? What is that? It's dope. Whatever. It looks like a spaceship. It's yeah, pretty slick. I, I love them, man. They they evoke an emotional response out of me mm. more than any other, generally speaking, any other car. It's British. Yeah. I don't trust British. I, I don't <laughs> trust my people. Italians can fuck <laughs> off. I'm never buying one of your cars, you fucking animals. <laughs> my people are supposed to make pizza and paintings. They're not supposed to be making cars. Well, like, man, they have a lot of character, brother. Oh, yeah, they oh, do. Boy. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love Ferraris. They are gorgeous. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so stupid. I might buy one one day. I think you should be that stupid. Yeah. I, 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 now, they granted, sound good. They, they do, man. I, the funny thing is I'm not even like a – I'm in – like I remember I went to Exotic Racing in Vegas. Oh, that's and a great so place. It was, yeah, it's like my first time ever driving a, car, race car around, driving a car around the track like that. And I I got to drive pretty much anything I wanted. Mm. And the car I walked away from that was like – I mean, anywhere from like a Ferrari Pista uh, to a 911 GT3. And the car that I walked away from like – yeah, it was actually the Porsche 911 GT3. Yeah, and we're talking about a three to four hundred thousand dollar car versus a hundred and thirty, hundred fifty thousand dollar car. Yeah, um, the GT3 evokes an emotional response because of the this the interaction that you have yeah. with the vehicle. Was it a manual or was it? It, a, it wasn't a manual. PDK. It was a PDK. Well, yeah. if you want to drive fast, the PDK is the way to go. Yeah. The manual's really better for a street car. Yes. You know, when you're on a track, you want to keep your hands on the wheel yep. and just bam, bam, bam. You want and so you don't miss shifts and things yeah. of that nature. But yeah, when you are on the street, that level of engagement between shifting gears in a mm -hmm. car, it you can't, there's nothing that can, the only thing I think that may be able to replicate that to a degree is working a bolt action on a rifle. Mm. And I know it sounds. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's a. Ch -ch -ch. Yeah. Boom. Or even like a, or even like a lever action. Mm -hmm. Like that. That same thing. It's just this. It's just like this. It's like a combination of the mechanical and organic that just kind of comes together, yes. and it's just beautiful. Do you know that in the hunting world, um, there's like a, a dispute between the hunting world and the tactical world and the gun enthusiast world, and they call the hunting world fuds. fuds. <laughs> yes, you do know. They fuds, like meaning Elmer Fudd. Yeah. And what's yeah. ironic. <laughs> <laughs> is the new Warner Brothers, they cut out the gun. There's a new remake of Elmer Fudd. Now, this is where it gets crazy, folks. Elmer Fudd, who's always been hunting Bugs Bunny, now he's hunting Bugs Bunny with a scythe. That is, which is it's so disturbing evil. as shit. It's the evil shit. You look shit at ever. it and you're like, even like it literally made me go, oh shit. Like if Elmer shoots Bugs Bunny with a shotgun, at least he dies quick. He's, scythe, you're hacking away, man. You're just so what <laughs> And he's still allowed to use dynamite. They're still using dynamite. So they're using explosives, but they can't use a firearm yeah. anymore. I actually did a video on it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. And one of the writers basically said his justification for it was, you know, during the time when they were working on the, on the actual cartoon, it happened really close to the Vegas shooting. Oh. And so they were like, everyone in media wanted to stay away from guns. So I'm like, but the scythe and explosions are okay? Yeah, look at this. <laughs> give me, give me a, a, let me play some of this just so I can look at it. Can you? But just have it in the background, just like so I, I just want to see what this looks like when he's running around with a scythe. Oh, there <laughs> oh there's something weird, man, about redoing the past. 
you know, Looney Tunes. So this is a new version, mm -hmm. right? This is completely new. It's not like they took the gun out. Oh my God, this is Jesus, so sick. that's so weird. The sight, ah. It's so sick. And he sticks a, a, stick a dynamite in his mouth and he blows his fucking face <laughs> off. That's okay. I mean, what is, first of all, what kind of fucking shitty dynamite? I know, right? Teaching, <laughs> that's the worst lesson. You're teaching kids no dynamite safety because dynamite just makes your face dirty for dirty a second. second and, then and then it comes back to normal. Look, even his hat regenerates. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are we teaching kids? There's no consequences to dynamite? There is a gratuitous use of dynamite in this one. Look at this. But look at the, how crazy it is. The dynamite blows his hat apart, but then it fixes itself. Within seconds, yeah, it's funny. Look at this. Boom, and again, boom, and again, boom, and again, boom. This is a bit excessive, boom. dude. And now, but, but look, he lands. Oh, finally his hat's fucked up. Will it stay fucked up? Let's see. Let's see. It's fucked up. Uh, He's dancing, and, and it looks like his hat's it's gonna, normal. It's going to be back. Oh, he's got no hat. Boom. And then he gives him a cake with dynamite and it says coming soon. That is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. God, that's so weird. I think it would have been ten times better with a gun. But it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It's so weird. I, but it's, I, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. But sometimes I, like, I look at stuff like that and I look at the decision behind why they removed the firearm. And I hear you, the whole Vegas thing and you know just yeah. the sensitivity to it. But I'm like... But but your alternative was just as or if not more violent than the, than than the gun. So my mind goes, okay, this is more of a cultural thing, right? I think I think there's an attempt to be made to erase the idea of firearm ownership in this country because I think there are a large a lot of a lot of people like me, like we grew up, even though I didn't grow up with firearms, I still grew up with an understanding of the Second Amendment. I was I was taught about the Second Amendment to a certain degree in school. I guarantee you they're not teaching about the Second Amendment in schools now. No. That I can assure you. No, they, 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 yeah. If anything, I mean, there's definitely no positive message. No. So what it tells me is, I'm assuming the demographic of people that are going to be watching that are large, would be largely you and I who kind of grew up with it in the past for the nostalgia effect, but then also a new generation of kids are going to be watching that as well. And we all grew up with Elmer Fred having the, the shotgun. Yeah. yeah, he's the hunter with the shotgun. And Be very quiet. Exactly. I'm hunting rabbits. <laughs> but see, here's the funny thing about that. You know, when it comes to the the issue of firearms and we and, and the gun debate in this country, by and large, you get people like Joe Biden talking about, you know, all you need is a shotgun. You don't you don't need an AR-15 shotgun. Shotgun. Who needs an AR-15 for hunting? Yet you castrize <laughs> Elmer Fudd and you take away his shotgun. What yeah. is that? What is that saying? Well, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And Joe Biden's message doesn't make any sense either because shotguns have a very limited range. You know, it's also, it's, 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 you know, if someone's like on your property breaking in and shooting at you from a distance or something. The shotguns, it's, it's not, not going to do much of anything, but I think that's the point. It's, well, it's I, also like, that's, it's not true that people don't hunt with them. People hunt with ARs all the time, particularly pigs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a that's another debate in the hunting world about bolt action versus uh, semi-automatic and that. You know, especially when people hunt pigs, like in Texas, you're you're dealing with a massive pig infestation, yep. and when they hunt these wild pigs, they like to use guns. They could fire more than one round. There's a video of me right now on on YouTube where I was hunting I was hunting hogs at night with an mm. AR. Yeah, and yeah. and the funny thing is, a lot of it too for me. I mean, we have cougars in Texas, mm -hmm. so people don't think about that component. So I may be hunting one animal, but there may be another animal hunting, hunting me. You. 
Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. I don't want to have to deal with the bolt action rifle no. to possibly deal with that threat. Fuck that. All right? Like I was yeah. in New I was in New Mexico um, not too long ago and I was just kind of one of my friends has a huge property out there called the Q Ranch and I was driving around this property and just kind of exploring a little bit and I took an AR with me cuz he he does have bears and things like that on his property. I don't want to run or I don't want to run into something that could kill me with a with a bolt action shotgun. Yeah. I want an AR because it's effective at allowing me to defend myself more effectively. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's where other people, a lot of people don't realize that. They just see the they see the AR and they say, "Oh my god, it looks scary. It looks dangerous." And they assume what a bad guy can do with an AR towards you. They never really see themselves empowered to utilize the AR to defend themselves. Mm. And I think that's the way they want the conversation to be in this country, is to perpetually see yourself as a possible victim. Yeah. Now, the irony is, to a degree, I'm doing the same thing. I'm saying, have an AR so that in the event that somebody tries to make you a victim, you can defend yourself. Right. The only difference is one of, one of the conclusive aspects of what I'm saying is empowering. The other is... Depend on me and give me all and put all of your safety in my hands, i.e. via the government. Right. And I'm just not with that. Well, and also we're realizing that the people that you put your hands into, they're they're humans and they're severely flawed. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're realizing across the entire yeah. country right now. And, and that's what the people forget. I think people tend to add this kind of autonomous godlike aspect to the government. Well, we'd like that yeah. to be the case. We'd yeah. like the government to be the big daddy that's going to, if we dial 911, they're going to take care of everything. Yeah. But honestly, that's probably not the case. Well, it's not the case right now in Atlanta. No. You hear what's going on in Atlanta? Mm -hmm. Cops are just not responding. Yeah. And it's a, that's a huge, huge reality dose. Yeah, we got a lot, a lot of, of messages from people. I got a lot of messages from cops that think that I had a bad take on the Atlanta case because mm -hmm. the, the guy um, stole... The st he stole a taser and then they shot yeah. him mm -hmm. and they you know what they were saying to me is essentially that this guy had a criminal history and that just because someone is com being compliant doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have in evil intentions Tentors. they're mm -hmm. just they're just waiting to do something. something and then this guy got in a tussle with the cop I understand what they're saying mm -hmm. but given the current climate shooting a guy with a taser that doesn't work you know because that's Jamie that's the case right the taser didn't work that's what, that's what I had read, yes. That, as they said, it had already been fired twice. So that means it, it's done. Do we know that for a fact? That's what I read. Can we pull know. that up just in case? Because we are yeah. talking on a podcast that millions of people are going to hear. Um, I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. Mm -hmm. I, I have two positions. One, I think it's really hard to be a cop. <laughs> really, yeah. really, really fucking hard to be a cop. And I think the defunding of the cops is a terrible idea. I think they need way more money, and I think they need training. And I mm -hmm. had Jocko Willink on, who's a former Navy SEAL, and mm -hmm. uh, he was a commander, and he would he would set up testing, and he would set up uh, training rather, and that's what they need. They need constant training. Jocko was saying he thinks they should be training twenty percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly probably train a lot more than a lot of cops. I bet you train yeah, way, way more, more than yeah. most cops. Yeah. And then I would always be really shocked in uh, jujitsu class when cops would come in. Mm -hmm. Where they were, they had they nothing. Have any experience in, they yeah. had nothing. Yeah. Like they literally didn't know what to do in a hand-to-hand -hand fight. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Here it goes. We have concluded that Rolf was aware that the taser in Brooks' possession, it was fired twice. Once it's fired twice, it presented no danger to him or to other persons. Okay. One thing you could say is that mm -hmm. maybe he forgot. That is possible that he forgot and he saw the taser being pointed at him. But it also says he shot him in the back two times. 
He was running away from him. So the part, the shooting, I think the shooting in the back yeah. is not as relevant as people make it. He says, Howard said the office concluded at the time of Brooks' death, he did not pose a threat to the officers. He said Brooks was running away from the officers mm-hmm. when when Rolfe shot him in the back two times. That you know, I, that I, I agree with. The, the shooting in the back, I don't think is as important. Because people move well, also, while they're in the- Well, also, in the video from what I saw, now I could be wrong, anybody can correct me if they see this, but when I saw him in the video, he was turning back and shooting like this. Oh. So it makes it stands to reason if, he, if he's firing him. on him, he's going to get hit in the back. Right. But um, if they knew that the taser had been fired twice, that's it a different make story. Sense. If you can prove yeah. that he knew the taser, if he, for me, you can prove that the taser, you can prove that he had knowledge that it was a taser, that it had already been fired and was unoperable at that point. Then yeah, that, then we're talking. And totally was aware of it. And while was, he was, 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 was so exactly. people panic. Right, they they really do. And you, there's things that happen to people in high pressure situations yeah. that you you can't attribute normal thinking to them in high pressure pressure situations. I've had somebody also because I've had multiple conversations. So when stuff like this comes out, um, I don't I hadn't I haven't talked about this because I don't think it's a gun issue. So I don't talk about it on my channel. I understand. But I do have these conversations at nauseam at you know personally and so i talked to different people who i know will have different perspectives one thing somebody pointed out to me was the idea that like you talked about in the moment um with the adrenaline being pumped and then you have the tunnel vision and all that stuff that's going on um there is a sort of kind of a reactive nature to hearing the sound of a pop going off and then a cop possibly thinking that he was shooting a gun that was yes. that's that's one theory that so I've does heard. the taser pop even though it'd been fired twice from what i'm from what i'm told it does Okay. It'll still pop. It may not be effective or disperse anything, but it'll pop. It still make the noise. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Um, and so I think that's, that changes things yeah. if that if that happened. But even still, you and know, in the, the current climate, it's yeah. just it's yeah. There's a there's a it's it's hard, man, because he's like, you're right. It's like, do we now expect the cops to be politicians as well? Well, do we also expect them to be superhuman in their ability to function under pressure exactly. with very little training. That's and the, that's, the that, real problem. And that's a huge problem that I think people, yeah. a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people think that like, cops are just these these wizards with firearms, yeah. and a lot of them are not. And no. a lot of it is due to the fact that a lot of these departments don't have enough money to right. train them adequately. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And exactly. so, like, cops so, that I know personally— they go. I, I go to courses, training courses, and these cops are there paying for it themselves. Yeah, it's not even like you know, like the like the um, the department sent them there, or they're subsidizing their training. No, they're there by themselves, paying for the paying their own money to go to these training courses, so that they can be more proficient and better at firearm handling, safety, so forth and so on. So when I was saying I have two positions, my one position is that I think cops need way better training. Mm-hmm. I think it it just. It should be a, a higher priority for us to have like elite people, yeah. like Navy SEAL caliber people as police officers and people that are trained to defuse situations and people are trained and also people that live in the community and people mm-hmm. that have a relationship with people in the community so that there there's more of, a, of an investment. I do you want better? Do we want better? I say the entirety of our nation needs to be better trained on firearms. We have over 300 million guns in this country. There's absolutely no reason why we should have so many people not versed and have the knowledge necessary to own and operate a firearm safely. So you're and one of those people like a well-armed society is a polite society. Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. There's I, an argument for that. I, and, I mean, and, and the alternative is what? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's We are a well-armed society, yes. period. But, but I think we need to be better educated. Yeah. And I think the time we spend on the national stage 
arguing and debating gun control. We have three, we have over 300 federal gun laws on the books. We have over 22,000 on the state and local levels. We've, we're past the point of gun control laws solving these issues. I think where we're at now is the same way we want to teach kids about sex at a certain age, we, because it's, ine- it's inevitable. It's the same thing with firearms. You're going to interact and you're going to come across a gun at some point in your life in this country. Right. And so as a result of that, we should be talking about, all right, maybe maybe we subsidize the idea of mass distribution of knowledge with respect to firearm use and teaching people to be responsible gun owners so as to create a culture that looks at firearms, one, from under the guise of the Second Amendment, but also knowing how to operate them safely and responsibly. It's so funny because people are in this, this they have this contradiction, right? They're, part of them does not want that because they don't want to encourage firearms because they think that'll create more firearms. Mm-hmm. But I see your point too, that it would, the firearms already exist. Mm-hmm. And at least this will give people an understanding of the safe way to use them, the proper way to use them. Yeah. I mean, that's, How many people have guns and they've never even fired Exactly. Them? And now think about all of the new gun owners now. Mm-hmm. Think about all the people who went out and panicked by I don't like saying it, but it's truth. Yeah. They went out and they panicked by a gun that they really don't know how to use. Yeah. And so now what's let? So who, but see, who has to pick up that slack? Us in the gun community. Right. So now people like me and other content creators are now, we're, we're, we're scrambling trying to create videos to teach people what they need to be doing in order to use and operate that firearm safely because right now we have a culture in a society that is so anti-gun, we rather try to scare people away from guns instead of teaching them how to use them safely, even though we have a Second Amendment which allows us to own and uh, operate these firearms. God, that's so crazy. And so, yeah, and it's I so think crazy just, you people have to go to your Instagram page to be educated in how to... But, but there's good in that, too, because mm-hmm. you do have a large following on Instagram, yes. and a lot of people are going to go, and they're going to learn some things from those videos. If I'm not shadow man. Oh, are you are you shadow man? Fuck yeah, I get man, uh, it, uh, brother. It's it's bad. I, and then I I can tell you, my if I brought my business partner here right now, and we talked about that. I'm telling you, you saw what our numbers were before, in terms of who we were able to reach, yeah, and what they are now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's ugly. Yeah, very. That's weird too. Yeah. It's weird because it's like. You're not doing anything illegal. Everything is responsible. Everything is intelligent, and you're you're clearly well educated on the subject, both in the arguments against gun use in the Second Amendment, and also the correct way to use them. Let me play devil's advocate against myself. Okay. Because and it's based on something you said. Could very well be the fact that they they, they may they may see that aspect of me, right? Right. And other people like me, but they don't have the same faith in other people. You get what I'm saying? So they don't want the information mm. disseminated out there to those people who they feel may not be as safe. I think you're thinking of it too kindly. What I think is there's a, a left-wing perspective on guns. Guns equal bad. Yes. Now that, that I'm aware of. Yeah. yeah I'm Korean just trying to get— Noir, yeah. guns, bad. Mm-hmm. All those. Guns equal bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is just— it's a really unfortunate. I, I was told that too when I put up some videos from Terran Tactical. People mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, you're gonna get shadow banned." I'm like, yeah. "Really? For for responsible use of guns yeah. in in a place where they taught John Wick?" <laughs> you would think that would not be the case, but now, do I think you're in danger of being shadow banned? No, because that's not what that's not what your channel or you know what your but platform your is about. But mine is. is is about firearm ownership. Right. Not to not to mention, I was the guy who was part of the NRA, who was with right. the NRA at some point. So that doesn't give me any brownie points in that regard. But by and large, yes, I am shadow. If you take a look at 
Now, things have gotten a little bit better, but I don't think it's but I don't think it's from them loosening things. I think it's more people are sharing my content because mm. there's nothing the algorithm can do about that. Right. If you see a video and you share it, there's nothing they can do about that. Well, let's tell everybody yeah. your 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 uh, Instagram handle right now um, if they're on this. Uh, Mr. The- uh, Colion Noir, C O L I O N and N O I R. Okay. Yeah. And just so let everybody and, know if yeah. you're like, how do I get to? You yeah. don't have to search. Now yeah. you know. Colion Noir. Literally, just Google it and it pulls Spell all it pulls it. everything up. Yeah. Because some people might be just on this clip and you go, well, I don't want to go back and listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> um, it's it sucks, man. It yeah. sucks because. It is a legal thing, mm-hmm. and you have a real like like if anybody has a legitimate intelligent argument for the pros of gun ownership and and you know ethical use of guns and correct use, it's you. I mean, you're the best at it. You're yeah. on, online. Which, I mean, which would beg the probably the reason why they would probably want to shut me up too. It's I don't like when people are telling other people what to and not to do, and it's based on their own personal ideology. I don't like it. I don't like it at all either. Because I'm, I'm, I'm very much of, look, you do what you want to do with your life as long as it doesn't interfere with mine or yeah. step on any of my, my rights. We're good. How Texas of you. <laughs> <laughs> Texas through and through, brother. I am Texas born and raised. Yeah. yeah. It's a great place. Yeah, so this, this is my two positions that I was saying before. So mm-hmm. number one position, I am 100% in favor of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to be better trained. And I think you need to get rid of those bad motherfuckers. I think there's a lot of them. I think there's a lot of bad cops. You need to get rid of those. And I got to get this off because this, this is just something that pisses me off a little bit. That is a nuanced perspective. However, on social media and in general, the idea of having a nuanced perspective on a particular issue is so far gone now yes. that you can't even really have a conversation. I can say in one breath, I am pro-cop. Yes. I am pro-cop. I have a lot of friends who are cops. However, there are also a good number of them who are evil as fuck, probably racist, yes. and need yes. to be fucking dissolved yes. from the from the Sociopaths, exactly. psychopaths, yes. murderers. Yes. And, and yes. But for some reason, it's either, nope, either all cops are bad or they're all good. And that's what I can't get down with. Yeah. I just can't. You can't get down with that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. I think we can also say in one breath, I'm pro-cop, but I'm also pro these peaceful protests. Yeah, I think same. these peaceful protests are important. And there was some, I mean, maybe I did a bad job of explaining what I was trying to say, but whatever basketball player was mad at me the other day, because it was something I said that I think a lot of these people are fighting like an, an invisible enemy when they're, when they're protesting. What I mean by that is, yes, we need bad cops. Yes, cops should stop shooting whether it's black people or white people or anybody hold on, hold on. for the wrong Just reason. Just so that people, because people love to, I remember our last our last segment, we made a mistake verbally and people jumped on it. You said we need bad cops. Did I say that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did I really? Imagine saying, <laughs> how dumb am I? We need bad cops. We need cops. Yeah. We need good cops. But there, and there's definitely bad cops and bad cops that shoot people, whatever race they are, are fucking mm-hmm. terrible. Clearly, there's a problem with cops shooting black people. Yeah. Clearly. There's also statistically not even just shooting people. If, we, if you look at the see, if you look at the the, 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 the death statistics mm-hmm. for cops and black people, there's a thing that people like to do where they say, well, actually, cops shoot more white people than black people. Yeah. There, there are more white people yeah. than black people. <laughs> and but the other thing that I think is as important, if not more important, is cops are physical with black people more than they are white people. Mm-hmm. Cops are physical with brown people, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans. They're they're physical with them more than they are white people. Yeah. Statistically, by as as much or more than twenty five percent, there is a problem. Also, 
there's a problem with people that don't know what they want. They just think that getting defunding the cops are bad. This is what I meant by fighting an invisible enemy. I just did a shitty job of explaining it. <laughs> to, you sh the, the thing we should want is a safe community, yeah. including people that get pulled over pulled by over cops. cops yeah. So that's the one thing that needs to be addressed first, right? Get rid of the bad cops, fund them better, yeah. train them better. better. Yeah. And we should we should all want this. Yeah. This shouldn't this defund the cop shit is crazy. I think a lot of its movement has been co-opted by <laughs> and I always I always hesitate because I, I like I said I'm not a conspiracy theorist but I have to call a spade a spade. There are a lot there are a lot of subversive there's a subversive group in this country that wants to topple the, the current structure of the United States yes. so that they can gain power because they think they can rule better. Yes. And a lot of those people generally speaking are marxist. Yes, that's pretty much it. There, that's why, like, I make a delineation when people are asking me about Black Lives Matter, for instance. Black Lives Matter, the sentiment I can get down with. Black Lives Matter, the organization I cannot. And why is that? Because they are not for the same thing. Well, so, They're what do you not. think? The, they... the, 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 the leader, the, the founders of Black Matter, like the founders of Black Lives Matter, literally just came out and basically said she's a trained Marxist. She didn't basically said she said blatantly she's a trained Marxist. She, both of them. The founders of Black Lives Matter organization. Are these the are same Marxists folks that went on stage with Bernie Sanders at one time? I believe so. Don't quote me on that. And took the mic from him? Whoever the two women are who are who were the founders of Black Lives Matter, the organization, they are trained Marxists. They said it with their own mouth on the show. And what? so what is their goal? What do they want? Well, what do Marxists want? They want to topple their current structure. They utilize, they have, they have their use, so speak, their useful idiots that create, that, that create chaos to topple whatever structure is in place. So that they can come in, fill the vacuum, and then what did they do with the useless chaos? What did they do with the useful idiots? They dispose of them because they are rebellious in nature, and thus will topple the power structure that's in place. Then, so that's who are the useful idiots that you think they are utilizing? The, the people running around, spraying Black Lives Matters, while rioting and looting. Yes, not protesting, right? But rioting and looting. That's the distinction, yeah. mm -hmm. and this is what I did a shitty job explaining. There's a lot of people that are out there protesting, and I don't necessarily think they understand what, like, what needs to be done. Yeah. Like, what needs to be done to keep us safe is not defunding the police. Not, what needs to be done maybe. They need to go but. through the fucking police department with a fine-tooth comb, and every one of these motherfuckers that has multiple complaints, just get Spirit, rid of them. Yeah. Just get rid of Find out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. If, if the multiple complaints don't make sense, sense yeah. then leave They're, them alone. Well, yeah. But find out, like that guy, that, that guy <laughs> that killed that guy, and like, or anybody who could do that to a person, who could lean on a person's neck yeah, like that for eight minutes. Something's fucking wrong with you. Something's fucking wrong with yeah. you, and you should have never been a cop in the first yeah. place. And we all know that there are people like that. When you talk to people that are in the military, mm -hmm. there are folks that they have to work with that are fucking sociopaths. So yeah. And they hope that BUDS training and that SEAL training is going to weed those guys out, or yeah. that Ranger training, or whatever, whatever the fuck it is that they have to do. But it doesn't always. It doesn't yeah. always. And sometimes they get in a situation, and Jocko was talking about how you'll get an entire SEAL team that they have to disband and re and, and, mm. and reset up because they have bad leadership. leadership gotcha. And so you get these same guys, and they come in with good leadership, and they get trained correctly, and it turns around. And it turns gotcha. out, you know, look, look if yeah. we if we join some sort of a military group, and you're you're being led by some fucking piece of shit commander, what do you do? Where do you go? And yeah. your faith in the whole entire organization is fucked. fucked. Yep. So a lot of this stuff is top down. So you have a lot of these cops that are in these 
bad neighborhoods and they've been dealing with corruption for there's a there's a movie called the seven five and it's about the 75th precinct in new york and michael dowd who is uh, one of the guys in the movie was a bad cop yeah and he's out now and he did time and shit like that but it's a fucking crazy movie and i had him on the podcast <laughs> yeah. but his first day on the job didn't they throw a dude off a balcony or some shit like that he was told to shut his mouth Something happened, like first day on the job, mm -hmm. he, he witnessed some crazy shit, and they were, he was basically told, hey, motherfucker, this is how we do shit. Like, get all that fucking goody-two-shoes dragnet bullshit out of your head. Yeah. This is how we do things here. And so then you're indoctrinated into this force that's already compromised. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of, uh, that's why I think a lot of people come from when they talk about the systemic aspect of things. Yes, right? yes. It's, it's that culture right. that, that breeds the mentality that says, all right, this is the way things are going to be done. So you either, you either, get, you either right. get down or you lay down. Right. right, right. And so that, and so in a lot of that, that responsibility is born on the leadership in these places. Yes. And that's what needs to happen. There needs to be a restructuring and a reorganization of the leadership from a top-down perspective. That I do believe. And I agree with you. I'm like, you got a guy who has multiple, multiple complaints. I mean, at a certain point where there's smoke, there's probably going to be some fire somewhere. Yes. And so at that point, if you can't really reasonably justify why this person is getting a lot of complaints, and it, like you said, if it doesn't make sense why they're getting complaints, then okay, cool. But if you're like, all right, this just seems real suspect. Yeah. Either do a deeper investigation of it or get rid of them. Yeah. And there's a problem with most people when you give them ultimate power over someone else. And it's not just the power of having a gun. It's the power of being able to tell someone, do what I'm telling you, you to do. do. Yeah. There's a crazy video I watched the other day of a white guy pulling over another white guy. And he's telling the guy, get out of the car. And the guy's like, why do you want me to get out of the car? He goes, because uh, I'm fucking telling you to get out of the car. And he pulls out his, his pepper spray. And he goes, hey, man. He goes, I'm going, f I'm speeding. I'm going five miles an hour over. He goes, stop filming. He goes, I don't have to stop filming. And he goes, and why are you pointing your fucking pepper spray at me? And he goes, if you don't get out of the car, I'm going to hit you with it. And so there's this back and forth with this guy. And he goes to hit it. He goes, it's out. You're lucky. This is your lucky day. He goes, no. He goes, you're fucking crazy. He's like, you're, you're going to pepper spray me because I'm going five miles an hour over the speed limit? So this is an example of a person who should never be yeah. in a position of having ultimate power over someone yep. like that. He said, if, if a guy was a really good cop, was a veteran, yeah. he would have been able to defuse the situation. situation yeah. He would have walked up to him and, how you doing, sir? Uh, you know why I pulled you over? You're going a little bit fast. You're going five miles an hour over the speed limit, mm. blah, 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 whatever it was. Yeah. You don't point fucking pepper spray at a guy just just because he's filming you. When he's filming you, he's allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. That's you. You. This is like an audition for you to keep your keep job. Keep your job, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> like, do a good job yeah. right there. Because you're, yeah. you, you're, you're going to get on the internet right now. And there's a lot of people that are on the internet. There was a fucking horrible one that I watched where this guy was in this um, verbal altercation with this woman, and it wasn't heated. She didn't do anything wrong, mm -hmm. and she, he's he's yelling. She's not listening, so he grabs her, ragdolls her to the ground, face plants her, and gets her in a rear naked choke, and he's, he's screaming at her. And these other and he's a terrible rear naked choke too. And these <laughs> other people are standing by watching this and filming it, and. It's fucking madness. Yeah. This is a terrible way to handle the situation. Just a person who's either got PTSD or he's all fucked up. And my buddy Joe Schilling. Or he's just a shitty person. Just a shitty person yeah. who happens to get this job. Yeah. Now, guess what? Here's the other problem. Who's going to be a cop now? Yeah, that's the thing. Who's going to be a cop that's now? The thing. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to be a cop right now. I wouldn't want to be nope. a cop now? Nope. Fuck, man. Nah. Can, can only imagine. And that's, but that, I think the problem is it's like people don't understand, like, the relationship between community and, and the police should be a symbiotic relationship. That's that's yes. what it should be. Yes. Because even the same to the same degree, there needs to be training. I think there needs to be training, not mandated training, but people should be on a cognizant, especially if I, I as a gun owner, 
Yeah. Someone who carries a gun on me 99% of the time in my car, on my body, on my person. I should understand the dynamics that a police officer is looking at me from and, and, and dealing with people who carry guns and vice versa. So the officer needs to be understand and be aware of the fact that, okay, you're living in a population where people carry firearms. So the idea or the presence of a firearm in the hands of a civilian should not terrify you that much. It just right. shouldn't. Now, I get it. There are bad apples all over the place. Thus, that brings it full circle. Me as a citizen should understand that because there are certain people who are bad apples who carry firearms that are interacting with the cops and maybe and may want to do ill will towards the cops, that I as a citizen should understand and have the responsibility that says, all right, there are certain things I'm going to do whenever I'm interacting with the cop that signals to them, hey, I don't mean you no harm. I mean you no threat. I get pulled over. I, I admit the first thing I do is I pull over, roll the windows down, I have my ID, and I have my, my concealed carry license in hand, right? Everything I'm doing is just to put the cop at ease. Right. I'm demonstrating to the cop, look, I understand. You don't know who I am. I right. don't know who you are. Right. So we're going to give each other this mutual respect that says, all right, as long as you respect me, I'm going to respect you. And generally speaking, I speed a lot. So, <laughs> so, so, Do you get cops recognizing you? I have. It's like 50-50. Oh, that's um, a lot. Yeah. 50-50 um, is a lot. It is a lot, actually. And the funny thing is, uh, the, the best time was I was in a car at the time. I was <laughs> I was in a car with... Uh, with my ex at the time. Well, she was my girlfriend, my then girlfriend, and then one of her best friends, and we were driving back from Houston. And so I was speeding. And so I think I think I had like an M6 at the time. And so I was speeding, and he was like, you need to slow down. Da, 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 da. I'm like, well, shut up. Um, so we're going, going, going. And then I get pulled over. And then I get pulled over, and they're laughing. They're like, ha, ha, we told you, you idiot. Ha, 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 ha. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I got egg on my face and shit. And um, the cop comes over, and he's like, He's like, yeah, you know, I'm giving, you know, I do what I normally do. Roll the windows down, handing my my driver's license. He goes, he goes to the, to, runs my information. Come back. He's like, you know, there might be a weird question, but you don't, are you, are you, Cole Noir? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh man, I thought it was. Well, you. this is why it's a question yeah. because your ID is different because your real yeah. name. My is real di- name is Collins. You, yeah. Right. But do you give out your real name? Um, I give out my real first name. I don't give out my last name because I don't want to have to shoot anybody. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I mean, I get I get a lot of weird stuff. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and I don't. It, I mean, look, if you want to find my real name, you can find it. You can pull up on Wikipedia. Right. But um, I don't want to make it easy for you. But I mean, if you want to have those problems, let's. I mean, have at it. But <laughs> and and I could have had people threaten me before. What over what? Just my stance and things like that. I, I've had people threatening you for your stance on responsible gun ownership. That's the funny so they thing. want to shoot you. I don't understand. It's so it's so ridiculous. I don't understand it. But you, know. you have, but I mean, there are a lot of psychos out there. Yeah, and even, well, even anti gunners can be psychos. This is the I've had this conversation about you with people that are not gun owners that mm-hmm. don't like guns, and I said, listen, there are people out there like yourself that are the best example of what you would hope for a gun owner. And if you're that's your fucking neighbor, you should be happy that that guy's armed. If some shit goes down, you need someone to help you. You you want people to be able to help themselves. But it's like think, that in my neighborhood. I think people are going to have a different attitude about this with all this defund the police talk. I really mm-hmm. do. And the, the looting and the and and not only that, but here in Santa Monica, they have police, right? Yeah. The police are there, and they were told to stand down. They were told to stand there while people are looting. I think another thing too. There, I think there is a, uh, a a semantics issue going on with the defund the police, at least from what I'm seeing. Because initially, when I heard about the defund the police, I'm like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Like, we can't be this stupid. 
I guess there is a segment. It's even within the defund the police. There are different sects. There are the people who are like, no, we just need to reallocate certain portions of the funding for police in different places. And then there are people who are like, no, we just need to absolve all police, take away the funding, and get rid of them. Those people are out of the, the, the fucking the, the, the minds. But here's a funny thing about that. Let's take what's going on in Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In, in Chaz. Yeah. How fast do we realize within a blink of an eye that crime is going to happen? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what type of utopia you think you're going to establish. There were going to be messed up people. Well, someone got shot there yesterday. Bingo. And, it, and from what I hear, it was pretty much a hit. Was it? I think not the one from yesterday, but the one before that, because there was another shooting. Oh, God. And apparently it seemed like it was a hit. Like they, they were looking for this person and they went to kill them. And I'm like. You were supposed to, uh, Chaz was supposed to be this utopia. Right. No cops, right. no money, all of it. And, and within a blink of an eye, what do you have? Well, not Lord of the Flies. They also don't have hospitals in Chaz, right? <laughs> like, what are you going to do if someone does get shot? I mean, well, apparently somebody ro- bled out because. Because the cops probably don't want to go in there. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't let him in. Oh, God. From what I saw. Yeah. And this so. It's not going to end well, folks. It's not. It's not going to end well. The, the, the way to handle this, in my opinion, is to fix the turn, the current structure to do it in a logical way that yeah. makes sense yeah it's not to take everything down so to, to take this back back to what you were saying about black lives matter don't you think there's probably people in black lives matter who don't have these sort of marxist ideas yes. they just don't want black people Absol- getting shot by absolutely cops. absolutely yeah. the sentiment of black lives matter i am all for it As i'm am all I. Uh, yeah i'm all for it the organization though that's the problem i have because they're essentially the leadership of this so you think that the leadership has I think almost they have like ulterior a motives. secret motive that the people that are involved that are doing all the groundwork mm-hmm. probably aren't even aware aren't even of? aware of. No, they're not. And I did a whole video about it. Yeah. Because I remember, I remember Black Lives Matter, and it was a video I did, I think, two years ago. But I remember Black, and this is when I was with the NRA, and Black Lives Matter was attacking the NRA, basically saying um, that they don't really care about black gun ownership, so forth and so on. It was like an attack piece. And I think it was the branch of Black Lives Matter that's here in L.A., actually. And so I did a response video, and I and I and I and I and it was like a 15, 20 minute video, and I broke it down systematically. I'm like, all right, well, okay, we started off with Black Lives Matter because of police brutality. Cool, I'm all for it. But what what has happened now? All of a sudden, they get this massive wave of funding, and 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 their whole direction shifts into some other stuff that I have no idea what it has to do with anything. Like what? With respect to now, it's become this kind of like all-encompassing umbrella of LGBTQ and some other stuff, but then uh, and then even aspects of, I guess, I don't want to say Antifa is under the umbrella, but the, the whole Marxist kind of communist socialist aspects of, of politics kind of creeping into that as well. And then when you couple that with the idea that you have the actual founders saying that they're trained in Marxism, and then you have what you see now playing out, where you have these very peaceful protests being co-opted by violent people who are now just engaging in rioting and looting and then branding it Black Lives Matter. Mm. They're, wolves hiding, they're wolves hiding among sheep. I think there's, there's a bunch of things happening at the same time. And I think when it comes to the rioting and looting, I think there's a lot of just opportunists. No, I, absolutely. I don't, I don't think they're necessarily that organized. I, some of it is organized. Some of I it do maybe, believe that. And then maybe. I do. And you're right. Because there was, in, like, for instance, in Dallas. In Dallas, um, one of the coffee shops that I go to all the time, he was telling me, he was like, you know, all the windows were broken out. 
And really, he was like, they really was just a bunch of kids just running around taking advantage of the right. chaos and just kind of and breaking windows. you have to take into consideration these kids haven't worked in three months. Yeah. They're probably broke as fuck and looking for free shit. Yep. There's a, a ton of them. And there's just opportunists. Yeah. And you saw that in New York, for sure. Yeah, in, in absolutely. York, I'm pretty sure y'all had that here, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. But yeah. the, the crazy thing about New York is um, a lot of it was apartment buildings filming down on the streets. Because, you know, in New York, mm -hmm. everyone's in. Yeah, high multi, yeah. yeah. So they're filming. There's so many videos of people filming on the streets while all this madness is going. This one crazy video where all these people are breaking into shit. And this guy runs in the street. And another guy hits him with a car. And he goes <laughs> flying through the air. And the car takes off. Jesus. Bro, it's mad. And, and then they're just smashing through Soho and breaking into art galleries and stealing everything. And, like, it's it's nuts, man. But it, but it also but it bodes a question. When you have chaos, you inevitably will get destruction. Yes. that's I mean, that's, that's what happens, yeah. which is why you need structure, which is mm -hmm. why you need. Keep in mind, I am no fan of big government. I'll be the first one to tell you. I am no fan of big government. However, you do need a level of law and order. Here's where I'm a fan of big government, mm -hmm. and I wish it did a better job. When the COVID shit went down mm -hmm. and no one could work. Now, it turned out that COVID was not nearly as deadly as we were worried it was. Mm -hmm. But it could have been. Yes. And no one could work, and that's why everybody stayed locked mm -hmm. up. When that happened, that's when we needed money. That's yeah. when we needed stimulus checks. That's when we needed people to get that 1200 bucks that they only handed out once. <laughs> like, how fucking crazy yeah. is that? They they handed out trillions of dollars to all these corporations, and they handed twelve hundred bucks out once to. A, I mean, I don't know how many people got it. I don't know either. But, but that's not enough for humans to live off. But you're of right. for Three fucking months. If there was a time to ever do that, it was then. It was then. That was, was then. the time where yeah. big government made sense, yeah. and it didn't work out. No, it didn't. And there was all these empty promises, and it's like they got away with giving out one check, and then they stopped. And yeah. but it was supposed to be a constant thing, right? It was supposed to be from what I from my understanding. Yes. I mean, I didn't get anything clearly, but. I, from my understanding, it was supposed to be a constant, yeah, a constant thing, and it, it didn't happen the way it happened. But it should demonstrate to a lot of people to then you're going to take the same government and put your safety completely in the hands of the same government, right? I just that doesn't make sense to me. To me, the government is supposed to be value added to what I'm already capable of doing myself. Mm. That's a good way of looking at it. And so, but I think too many people depend on the government entirely, and I don't think that's smart. Right. I just don't. And I'm not saying that life is fair. I'm not saying that the system we have in place is fair. It's not. It's not. It's not fair. It's just, but what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? Right. I, I, the way I was raised and the way that my mom raised me was literally, life is not fair, son. Deal with it. Figure it out. Find a way around it. Right. That's that, and that's the way I go about life. A lot of people don't like that. Some people think it's too optimistic. It's not optimistic, because it's, it's I, realistic. Unfortunately, whether it's optimistic or, or or pessimistic, it's realistic. When you get a hand of cards, yeah, and if you're you're dealt a shit hand of cards and you just sit around complaining about it, it, it doesn't do you any good. There's people that have been dealt shittier hands and they've figured it out. You yeah. know, it sucks. It sucks to be dealt a shitty hand of cards. And I understand envy. I understand when you're looking at people that are dealt an amazing hand of cards. Yeah. No, the funny thing about it is I, um, you know, I, I, I think I tweeted out some time ago. Um, I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of rap, like a lot of, a lot of uh, trap music. And I'm not, I'm not from the streets. Yeah, sure. There was a period of my life where I, where, where I live was basically the slums, but I'm not a street dude. Never sold drugs. None of that. However, there's a, there's a certain aspect of that music and understanding that there are a lot of people who have come from worse places than me 
who have been who have managed to kind of bring themselves out of it, that when I look at my life, I say, well, I have no excuse. I have no excuse whatsoever. So I need to figure out a way to make my situation better. However, now there's no guarantee I'll be able to do it. I may I may work my ass off and still fail. But I'm gonna keep working my ass off. That's, that's part like, of the game of life. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is that some people are not gifted with a parent that gives them the sort of perspective that your mom gave you. Hmm. That life is not fail, fair, deal with it, and then you go forth with that knowledge. There's a lot of people out there that unfortunately they're born into terrible households where they're yeah. abused and there's crime around them and violence and they never get a chance. Yeah. They never get a chance and I get it because they've developed in that these abusive mentalities, these mentalities that they develop in this and that's fucked thing, up situation. And that's the thing too that I think that's a problem with the conversation that's going on. Too many people are too dismissive of that reality. Right. Right. Because even though I can sit here and tell, I can tell you, yeah, basically what I'm saying is pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. That's essentially what I'm saying. Or at least that's the way I look at life. I'm like, figure it out a way. If I don't have boots, figure out a way to get the boots so I can pull my ass up. But to completely ignore the circumstance like you talked about. You have to talk about a kid who's a who's a child of somebody who grew up in the 80s crack epidemic. Yeah. Right. To parents who were crackheads. You can't look at this person and like, you know, like a uh, little baby, little baby just came out with a song. Right, called Bigger Picture. And in it, he was like, I'm just a product of my environment. Um, nobody, nobody taught us any better. So as a result of that, I look at that, and I understand what the 80s crack epidemic did to black families during that time period. So now you have crackheads raising crackheads and then having kids. That's essentially what's, what, what happened as a result of that. So to ignore that and to just say, nah, 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 you know, everybody has it hard, which they do, but you can't discount it and say that it doesn't have an effect. Because there is, there, is an, there is an aspect of being so low, you really don't stand a chance in hell. Right. Right? And to dismiss that wholesale, I think it's disingenuous. Right. Now, what do we do about it? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not smart enough to have the answer for that. But there, there, but there needs to be something. At bare minimum, at least have the conversation. Yeah, I think the conversation should be, how come you guys had trillions of dollars to bail out these corporations during the COVID lockdown, but you didn't have trillions of dollars to fix these impoverished communities that have been in the same situation for, for decades. decades? Thank you. Freaking decades, decades. man. <laughs> Nailed it. It's nuts, man. That's what it is. It's yeah. like there's so much money that you can spend to avoid an economic collapse, but yet there's no money to fix what's been an economic collapse forever. I mean, what are you doing with my money? I paid 30% taxes. Right. What the fuck are you doing with my money then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If you want to make America great, you would want less losers. Yeah. How do you have less losers? Give people more of an opportunity to get better. Yeah. Give people more of an opportunity to succeed. And that's they should look at all those spots, whether it's Baltimore or Detroit or South Side of Chicago. Look at all those spots in this country as places where people have much less of a chance. So if you give them more of a chance, you can have more productive people. You can have a stronger country. Yeah, it's really simple. It's simple as like yeah. it's, And the funny thing is, it's you'll probably see the most growth happen in those places. Yeah. it's just like lifting weights. Oh yeah. If I haven't lifted in twenty years, you know, you start lifting right. weights on a regular basis. You're like, yo, I'm seeing right. transformations. Right. It's only when you've been doing right. it for a while. You're like, oh yeah. man, I'm stagnating. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Good point. But, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and it would. It's also we're supposed to be a community. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one thing that I do love about these peaceful protests. All these people marching together, whether or not they're all going to get COVID or not, which is, they're probably, a lot of them <laughs> Don't are. Don't get me started That's on that. That's a fact. That. <laughs> you know, it's like, especially at night. Apparently, um, Brett Weinstein sent me something, Jamie. 
I'll send it to you. Um, it's very interesting. But one of the things that they found out about COVID is that it dies almost instantly, airborne COVID, when it hits UV light. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm going to send you this, Jamie, um, which is really kind of crazy. Yeah. So at, it's one of the reasons why um, apparently did it, it wasn't like really. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Here, I'll do this, and then I'll do this. Yeah, that'll this will work. Here we go. Um, it's rapidly inactivated by simulated sunlight or sunlight. Yeah, just UV light kills it. Yeah. <laughs> you can see me running around my house. It's going to look like a rave party. I know. But <laughs> but what what's interesting is what Brett Weinstein's per, what his uh, theory was or his his thought was. It's this. He's a biologist, and he was on the podcast last week, and mm -hmm. one of the things that he pointed out was there's all these indications that this is something that escaped from a lab. Yeah. Like, very specific indications. That's what I'm saying, too. Yeah, and these indications are basically the way it evolved. It evolved far too quickly, and then he pointed out some things that I'm not going to remember because I'm a moron, but he said, also, it seems like because of the fact that it dies in sunlight, but it spreads very easily with without sunlight... <laughs> It's very contagious. He thinks it may have evolved in this laboratory environment to be more contagious while indoors. Uh, so his his thought is that this is something that they probably had created in order to test uh, various antiviral um, medications mm -hmm. and all these different things, and that during this process somehow or another it got yeah. out. And it's one of the reasons why this thing spread so quickly to people indoors. Gotcha. Yeah. But it's so fucking... It's so crazy, so contentious. That's another thing people got mad at me because I was saying that you didn't have to wear a mask. Well, that's what I read. <laughs> the, the CDC was saying that unless you're dealing with COVID patients or was it the World Health Organization. But then again, also I was saying it to fuck with my friend Bill Burr. I, I think you should know this, folks. When I was saying that, I was trolling Bill Burr to try to get him to go on a rant. But maybe it was the Kyle Dunnigan show, too. Listen, don't listen to me. I'm a moron. Go online. But don't get bad at me either. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, man. But I do know that there's these giant spikes in all these cities where they had big protests. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's yeah. that kind of, going to happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got you have a highly dense populated yes. area with a bunch of people marching, sweating. and. But what's hilarious is they're blaming it on Republican governors opening up the states too early. That's what they keep blaming God, man, this party politics stuff is so <laughs> it drives me insane, man. But it's happening it's, in California too. You can't do that. This it's, is a this is a super liberal progressive state. <laughs> it is happening right here too. We're gonna drive ourselves crazy with this. We this, are, this, man. This political. They should make shit, they should make political parties illegal. I, they really I'm, should. I, I'm not like, against. You can't you can't say I'm you're a Republican it. or a governor just, or, a, or, a, or 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 a Democrat. It's just too confusing to people. I just want you to tell me what you want to do. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, tell yeah. me what you yeah. want. Look, what do you want to do? Yeah, what do you want to do? And then we can talk. And then yeah. let's, let's let's have that conversation. Stop hiding yeah. behind a, a donkey or an <laughs> elephant. You confuse the fuck out of me. You know. I'm 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 of the same nature. Um, yeah. Like what do you, what are we doing, man? We we keep playing this game. Well, it, it, what it does is it, it it creates extremes. Yep. Right. And so without extremes, again, no nuance. Yeah. Without nuance, we really don't solve anything. Everything just becomes everything becomes a nail, and everyone's a hammer. Yeah. That's pretty much what happens. Exactly. And so we need we need more scalpels. That's what we need. Well, we need more options. Yeah. You know, this two party option that's left us with Joe Biden or Donald Trump is mm -hmm. so bonkers. That's another pe thing people got mad at me last week. Because I said that Joe Biden is experiencing cognitive decline, and people are well. How how is it? How is anybody not seeing that? Thank you. 
How is that? No, I that's, don't think that's, they're really mad. I think I think it's just people that think that I'm going to fuck up the Democrats' options. That somehow or another people are going to listen to me and but not But come vote. on, like it's it's so it's not even like look. It's I'm, not debatable. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not, not debatable. Man. It's Can you imagine not. if Trump was that confused all the time? They would be hammering that hammering him hard. And by the way, he has been confused before. Don't get yeah. it wrong. I mean, but He's, they're both old. What's that? They're, they're both, both old. As fuck. And also, I think Trump's medicated. I think uh, when I, I've seen these videos where he's like <laughs> slurring, mm. David Pakman had a bunch that he put up where he's like slurring his words. I think he's like coming down off some shit or, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's on some uppers. I think he's on some, I think that's how he's so peppy. Well, if that's, he does those if, rallies. if that's the case, get that same shit to Joe Biden. Because I'm like, because this, it's ridiculous, man. It's yeah. beyond politics. Yes. Beyond politics. Just his cognitive ability, I can't vote for him alone on that. Right. Now, granted, his politics completely, he's not, he doesn't stand a chance in hell with me. But cognitively, no. Nah, it's, not, it's not it, man. Who are you going to vote for? Do you know? <sighs> right now, I'll probably do the same thing I did last time, but yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. What does that mean? I voted for Trump last time. Did you? How dare yeah. you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> People get mad at you? Oh, all the time. Really? Yeah, but I'm a pragmatic voter. Did they get mad at you for that more or the Black Lives Matter position you were just describing? Um, well, the Black Lives Matter, we'll find out. The Black Lives Matter position I described, I hadn't talked about that in almost two years. But you talked about it on your I videos. I did so before, did. yeah, and I got a lot. I got some people understood where I was coming from. Some people, mm -hmm. people have to understand. Like I really, really, really try to remove all sense of emotion when I try to assess or analyze the situation. I as, look at I look at things as pragmatic as I possibly can, not discounting my emotions. I just try to remove it when I'm analyzing it, and then make my decision. I'm still human, right? Right. So I'm, I'm going to have my biases, but. I am very practical, and I also understand I have a platform that is rather large. Yeah. So it's it, it's irresponsible for me to just go off on emotional tirades based on how I feel without investigating facts. Now, have I been wrong? Yeah. Have I maybe shot my mouth off a little bit uh, beforehand before I should have? Yeah. But I try to learn from those mistakes. Right. And so, with and then another thing too, because there is no nuance, most of the people who are mad at me about especially with the Black Lives Matter aspect of things. Like, I don't have a problem with the Black Lives Matter sentiment. I'm freaking black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, just, right. I don't understand that. Yeah. However, I just, I'm not a fan of the organization. You're not period. a fan of Marxism. I'm not. Yeah, yes. I understand. Actually, you know what, that's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. Remove that Marxist element of it, and we talk. That's but, what's interesting is like every movement gets kind of co-opted yeah. by some of the ideas that are attached to the movement. It's like sometimes they have a really good bill, right? And they're trying to pass like a stimulus bill. Mm -hmm. And then you look in the bill and there's all sorts of wacky yeah, shit I mean, that it's people almost, are trying to shove into things. It's kind of deliberate. Sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll pollute it so, it so it doesn't get passed. That's that's right? a big part yeah. of politics. Yeah. But you don't expect that from something that seems so organic like Black Lives Matter. Like Michael Che has a great bit about it. But he's like, think about, uh, I'm going to fuck up the bit, but it's like basically just the sentiment it's so like all we're saying is they matter. Yeah, like See, that's not, even people argue that. Yeah, that's that's where I I look at the disingenuous nature of the conversations that are being had. Like it's it's as simple as this. Like. I don't see why anybody would get mad at Black Lives Matter, and right. I don't understand why anybody would get mad at All Lives Matter. But I can see why somebody would get mad at someone saying All Lives Matter in response to Black Lives Matter because what it seems like it's doing is just undermining and just kind of tossing aside the aspect of the complaint. Right. If the we, complaint is 
cops have been killing, killing black, black people, people and it's on video yes. and we all should be outraged we should yes yes and if and if it and if it is and the people because people do make the argument that well all lives matter and more white people are killed by cops and and you're right and and i think you should be as equally mad i, I do if you if you if the police brutality should should not stop at race right police brutality is police brutality so my but my thing is this if we live in a country and we're supposed to be all one all lives do matter mm-hmm. we do however if there is a particularized group of people within that within that that inclusiveness that feel like their lives don't matter at bare minimum we should have that conversation right we should just at least have that conversation and say all right why do you feel that way why why well, what is it exactly that makes you think that your life doesn't matter and then when we go through the particular points and address each one you know what it may be coming from nowhere it may be delusion or it may be completely utterly valid but at bare minimum, if we can't even get to the point where we have the conversation because our instinctive gut is to say, no, all lives matter. What are you talking about? Right. It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. I'm not saying one, one side is right or the other. What I'm saying is if we're going to be a country that's all one people and there's a part of it that's telling you we don't feel like we matter. Right. But we need to address it. Yes. And understand why the fuck they feel that way. Well, if, this is, if, the, well, if the Indian people were saying the same thing, Indian lives don't matter. I don't really, I'm not Indian. I didn't grow up in the culture. I don't know what particularized issues you may have growing up in a society. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but talk to me. Let me hear you out. Right. Because clearly you feel some type of way, so let me hear what you have to say about that. And then we can have that conversation and say, all right, maybe we'll reach a point where they go, you know what, maybe I was taking this a little too far. Or maybe I go, damn, I didn't realize that. I've been so consumed with my life that I didn't realize that you had to go through these difficulties as well, that I didn't have to. Right. You know? But we can't even get to that point because we're so polarized. Mm-hmm. So polarized. And I, think, it's like, I think we're doing better at it than we ever have before, though, just because of the fact there's been these gigantic peaceful yeah. protests and the conversation is going. And also because... Look, I don't think it's good that people get fired for saying all lives matter, but they do get fired for saying all lives matter. <laughs> I now. hate cancel it's culture. It's kind of crazy. I can't stand it. I think people should be allowed to say whatever they want crazy. without fear of retribution. Well, now, I do too, but it's I, it's fascinating to me that there's these feel, fearful people that want to cancel people for every every mistake and everything they've done wrong. One thing that I I had a conversation with somebody about it when they were saying like what's wrong with saying all lives matter. I'm like there's nothing wrong with saying all lives matter, but here's the problem. The only reason why people are saying Black Lives Matter is because there's people out there that don't feel like they matter. They matter. Yeah. If you said White Lives Matter, people would be like, duh. Yeah. You couldn't have a movement in this country that says White Lives Matter. Yeah. People would be like, what the fuck are you complaining about? <laughs> but see, but, but, really? here's the, but here's the thing right? about that too, though. Everybody has the, every, as, in a country as, as, as mixed as we are, everyone has the particularized issues in this country, everybody has their own problems. As a group, I'm not going to discount your problems because I don't suffer from them. So if, if you want to tell me all white, all, uh, white lives matter, cool. I'm not white. I don't know what the hell you're going through. I mean, I'll hear you out. What, what's, the, what's the issue? Because I'm still in, I'm living in this country with you. I consider you my brother. So we may have a different upbringing, a different cultural background. But tell me, what what is the issue that you're dealing with? And why do you feel that way? 
Because right now, from my standpoint, I may, I may, as a black person, I may look at you and say, well, what the hell are you complaining it's about? It's so ridiculous. But, all lives matter at least makes some sense that we should all be together. Mm-hmm. Like if you're talking police about police brutality in particular, yeah, p- bad cops kill all kinds of people. There's plenty of videos yeah. of cops killing white people. There's, there's a horrible video of those cops pushing that old man down. He, yeah. he can't even walk now. That's so messed up. That man. old man has a broken skull and he can't yeah. fucking walk and he's got permanent brain damage and he's yeah. old as fuck. And then Trump goes... And says some crazy shit like he might have been Antifa and he might have been like, <laughs> he's old as fuck. That's so crazy. That is the crazy, like to look at that video and not say, hey, you shouldn't push an old man yeah. like that. Yeah, if I thought you, that was unnecessary officer, as hell. I don't know what the guy was saying to yeah. the cops, but there's no re. I mean, and the, I mean, it's old guy. Like, I mean, Trump said he felt, he felt too easy. I'm like, bitch, you mm-hmm. can't even walk down a ramp. I think what happened. <laughs> right? <laughs> He spent 10 minutes in his fucking speech the other day talking about why he could, why it was so hard to walk down the ramp. My shoes were slippery. I get it, man. But you can't even walk down a ramp. If you had those slippery shoes on, you're telling me you wouldn't fall down like that old man? I bet you would. I bet you fucking would. But I think sometimes what happens, I think the, it's weird because I think the problem is sometimes is, and I, I suffer from it too. Man, we get so much information so fast. Right. And it, it's hard to keep up with it. It's hard for me. People ask me, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that? It's like it's not a gun issue. Well, why did you talk? I can barely keep up with the gun issue. Right. Much less anything else. I think he suffers from that sometimes too. Well, he'll see something. He suffers from the same kind of headline focus. He'll see it and won't really investigate it any further. And then he'll just, and then he'll kind of take whatever confirmation bias he may have over here and over here and just kind of throw it together and then he'll say something. I think you're 100% right. Yeah. I think he has too many things going on. Yeah. I think, first of all, I don't think anybody should be president. I think it's a ridiculous position. Yeah. And I think it should be like a council of wise folks. That's what it should be. <laughs> that, that becomes an oligarchy. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Good point. Well, what the fuck, man? Being a president's not, that, that's not but good I, either. But I mean, but even then within that, I mean, some people would, would argue president is nothing more than a ceremonial position. Right, but we pin all these problems on them. Yes. Like we pin COVID on them. Yeah. We pin North Korea on them. We pin China, trade relations. We pin war with Iran, <laughs> war with Syria, war with this, that. Yeah. We, there's so many different things. The environment. Oh, what are you doing to these fucking yeah. fracking? I respect anybody who's a president. I may not agree with you, but to be in that position and do what you have to deal with. I have no choice but to respect it, which is why I will always respect the office and who's in it. Well, I hope they do well. That's what I do. Yeah. I want them to do well. The idea that there's some people that wanted Trump to fail and they wanted the economy to collapse. To prove so themselves get, right. So he would get removed from office. Now they just want to prove themselves right. There's a little bit of that, yeah. too. But it's also like, come on, man. That is bad for everybody. What you, what you really should be is like... What everybody should be hopeful or should have been hopeful for when he got erected is to be pleasantly surprised. surprised yeah. Pleasantly surprised that he said, like, I'm sorry all the shit I said about Mexicans being rapists. Um, but now I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to do my best to make this but place even, the best but, place. But here's crazy be. that even that, even that was taken out of context. Yes. And so it's like, it's, and it's, it sucks because here's another thing. Because people always like to say that, man, people are dumb. And, and, and I'm like, I don't want to think that. More and more I start to think that. But what I think a lot of it is, is, man, we have so much information now and so many people are angling for their own agenda based on the on the same information. Right. You don't know what's what. And so we were getting these bits of information. If I'm worried about raising my kids, working, providing for my family, it's hard. It's going to be hard for me to intellectualize. I mean, we do this for a living. Right. So it's going to be hard for somebody who's just trying to raise a family. Well, hell, it's not like you don't have a family to raise either. But it's hard 
to be able to parse through all the information we have at our disposal to come out with what's actually true and correct or full context. Right. And have and, a good take on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the other thing. It's so difficult for someone like me who does talk for a living and I fuck things up all the time. Yeah. You know, and I can't imagine being in charge of as many things as anybody that is a president or a governor or even a mayor is in charge. It must be fucking insane. Yeah. No, it's nutty, man. I, I, I know what I have to deal with. Yeah. In terms of just my little platform over here in this little small area. And it's a lot, man, because especially if you actually give a damn. Yes. If I'm if I was just out here acting and just saying shit because, you know, just feeding my base, whatever they want to hear. Right. Then that'd be a different story. But I challenge I challenge my base all the time. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why you resonate, because you are a genuine person. Like you're it's very obvious that the things you say, you say them because you mean it. And this is your perspective. And this is your your well thought mm -hmm. out perspective on, on things. And I think that that's. That there's a big difference between that and someone who just says shit because yeah. they think that this is their their brand yeah. and this is their audience is going to respond to this and this is probably going to get me more likes. Yeah, and that that's a it's, real problem with social media. And, with and, and the thing is, it's it's frustrating. Like I did a I did a piece on Ahmaud Arbery, the Ahmaud Arbery case, um, the the shooting in Georgia. I didn't see with your piece the, on it. The, what did you, I know the oh, gotcha, I know the yeah. case. So yeah. I basically I did a, I did a complete legal analysis of it. Which essentially what I did in that 20 minute video, lawyers get paid 500 to a thousand dollars an hour for. Because so much time, it took me two days to put that video together. Because I needed to make sure all my facts and elements were correct. I basically had to go back to being in law school all over again. And while that's happening, there are tons of other things happening too that I need to comment on as well. But I'm just, I rather err on the side of falling behind on being the first on the news to make sure or try to get it as right as possible. And that requires a lot, a of, lot of fucking time, man. And then on top of that, I still got to review guns and do all the other stuff. Right. So it, it frustrates me. But like my mom said, you made your bed and I lay in it. Right. I'm not complaining about it, but I just need some people to understand the perspective and where I'm coming from and why I'm not quick to talk about a lot of stuff. Because sometimes I just need time to figure out what the hell is going on. Right. Because there are a lot of people, I get messages, who rely on my information to make their decision. They don't just follow what I say. They just use my information to make their decision. So I want to give them the best piece of information. It's like putting gas in your car. I don't want to put shitty gas in the car. Right. I want the car to run functionally. So I'm going to try to give it the best gas as possible. And so that's what I try to do, especially when I talk about the gun issue. Yeah. Because right now there's so much misinformation on the gun issue. And a lot of times people don't even know what they don't know. Like, for instance, like when you had Alonzo Bodden on here. Like, I could tell a lot of what he's saying is coming from a good place. He just, there were some things he just didn't know he knew. Or didn't know. Right. And so that's how that's kind of where I put myself. I said, okay, how do I tailor and craft videos in such a way that somebody who isn't necessarily a gun person can understand it? What did, what Alonzo Bowden said, what what bothered you? Uh, part of it, so some of the misinformation with respect to like the background checks. The background check aspect of it where he kind of talked about it from the standpoint of the, the waiting period, the, uh, the questionnaire that you filled out in the beginning before you submit yourself for the background check, that that, that was the background check. And it wasn't. And so, because a lot of people think that. A lot of people think that, oh, you just go there, fill out a yes or no question, uh, yes or no questionnaire about whether or not you uh, can own a gun, and then you get a gun. Mm. And that's not the case. And so I corrected that. And then also what I did, I just critiqued his position on a couple of things. Like, for instance, high-capacity magazines. Because he says, he's like, you don't need 50 rounds in a clip so to speak. Mm. Well, it's actually a magazine, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I disagree with that. 
Now, in that regard, he's not wrong. That's his opinion. My opinion is I think I do need a magazine that has 50 rounds. And then I went on to explain why. What would you say? You want to kill 50 people? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? So, you? There, so, so with respect, so why do we own firearms? We own, we own firearms. A lot of people own, are owning firearms for self-defense. Right. And as a regular person, I'm not a criminal. I just go about my day. I don't want to be, I'm already, I'm, al- I'm, al- I'm already coming on the back end. I'm already at a disadvantage because a criminal who's going out to m- commit a crime knows he's going to commit a crime. And what can you do when you know you're about to do something? You prepare. And since he's a criminal, he doesn't have to deal with all of the restraints that come with what? Laws. Right. So if there's a law that says you can't have more than 10 rounds in, like here in, in California, right? I can't have a magazine that has more than 10 rounds. If I'm a criminal and I know I'm going to commit a crime, do I really give a damn about a law that says I can't, com- I can't carry 10 rounds in my magazine? Right. I don't. However, as a, as a citizen, when I'm going about my life, carrying a gun on me is hard enough. Right. And because, like, you know, there's whole there's whole dialogues about what size gun you can have, how many rounds you want to have, what bullet caliber, things of that nature. I don't know what I'm going to face. I could face one guy. I can face one guy who's high as hell. I can face two, three, four, five guys. I don't know. So why artificially limit the number of bullets I can have in my gun when I don't know what I might be facing to, to protect my life from? What's well, a weird thing, too. It's because, like, I don't know if you're preserving any life mm-hmm. by limiting the size of a magazine. You're not. I don't understand it. it well, seems... I, I, I think, sorry to me to cut you off. No, go yeah. ahead. Um, what the argument is, is it, they're looking at it from a mass shooter perspective. Right. They're saying if you limit the amount of bullets that the mass shooter can then have, that have means to more. change clips? Yeah. But again, he's going out to commit mass murder. Right. Do you think he cares about breaking the law that says he can only have 10 rounds in his magazine? I think their idea is that it makes it harder for him to get those clips because he mm-hmm. can't get them at the local gun store. There are more of those out there than guns, and we have over 300 million guns in this country. Right. See, they're going to yeah. have them. But, you know, with a lot of these mass shooters, here's the other problem. Mm-hmm. They're actually getting the guns illegally. They're getting yes. them from someone. You know, they're stealing them from someone's gun safe or from someone's house. Yeah. That's what a lot of it is coming from anyway. I think what a lot of, I think a lot of the, the kind of project, not so much the politicians. I think the, the politicians are, by and large, very disingenuous. But a lot of people who support these ideas, who are just regular people, I think they're, it's their way of trying to figure out some way to, of control. Because cause mass shootings terrify us because they're so random. Like They're like tornadoes. See, hurricanes, you can kind of prepare for a hurricane. You kind of have an idea of where the path is coming, where it's going. Tornadoes, they just touch down and destroy shit. Right. And you don't know when it's coming. Same thing with mass shootings. Mass shootings are terrifying because they just kind of happen out of nowhere. Right. It's like, whoa, what? okay, what can we do? Because you feel helpless. You really feel helpless. And even though they count for almost a, st- a statistical zero of gun, of gun violence in this country, they still terrify us because we don't know when or where it's going to happen. See, the other gun violence stuff doesn't really terrify us as much because we know where it happens. Right. It happens in inner cities. Right. Don't go to any cities. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but mass shootings terrifies from that stance because we don't know when it's going to come. So we think, okay, well, if we we limit this and we restrict this, then then it'll minimize it even more. And it's like, no, it's not going to happen. We have to deal with the reality, and the reality terrifies me just as much as anyone else. But what are you going to do? Right. You going to lay down and die? No, you fight. Yeah. And that and that's it. And 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 I remember when I was on Bill Maher and we talked about arming teachers. Right. The idea of arming teachers. And he was like, I was like, well, if a teacher is willing to sacrifice, we've got teachers that have sacrificed their lives for their students during mass shooting, during school shootings. So I'm like, if a teacher is willing to sacrifice their life 
for, for their kids. Why not put a gun in their hand to give them the power to fight for their life? What was and he his goes, response? Because they're teachers. <laughs> He's like, they're, they're, they're there to teach. And I'm like, well, they're already dying for the students. Well, the idea that it's mutually exclusive seems kind of silly. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's a lot of really intelligent people that can teach and also know how to shoot a gun. Exactly. That's not a— and, and I think the misconception, too, was I was—like, a lot of people thought I was saying we need to mandate that teachers own firearms. That's mm-hmm. not what I was saying. What I was saying was if, some, if there's a teacher who wants to go through the process of being able to carry a firearm in school, right. why not let them do that? Right. That's all I'm saying. When he said, because they're teachers, did everybody clap? Oh, my God, yes. It was thunderous. Yes. <laughs> yes, you got him. That's the problem with doing a show in front of an audience. Yeah. Man. yeah. No, you, do, it, you do shit for clap. Because they're teachers. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> now, in all fairness, during the conversation, he, he poked and he prodded. Mm-hmm. And I think he gave me more of a fair shot than anybody else, generally oh, he speaking. Will. Yeah, he's um, an intelligent guy. Yeah, he is. Um, now, when I, went to the, when I went to the roundtable discussion, that was a different story. And part of it was I thought I could approach it rationally. Yeah. And I couldn't because all the person that I was dealing with was doing was appealing to emotion. Mm-hmm. And so and what were they saying? Basically, there was like uh, I would talk about the idea of background checks, for mm-hmm. instance. And I was like, well, how are you going to enforce them? And they're like, <sighs> and she would just kind of stutter and stammer. But then if like she, the uh, Bill Maher posted a picture of a guy who had like a bunch in California who had a bunch of guns that were seized. And she's like, oh, my God, all those guns. Who needs all those guns? I'm like. I'm like, look, I get it. Like you see and you attribute a very nefarious nature to firearms in general. I don't. I have a lot of guns. I, I don't go around killing people. And I only have two hands. That guy only has two hands. So the number mm-hmm. of guns he has is irrelevant. And she's like, but they can use those guns to give other people to kill as many people. Like it's just, just, just hysteria. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, God, um, that's not how this works. Well, it's also <laughs> a long conversation. And this is my problem with any of those shows. Is that you got like three minutes to discuss yeah. something that should be three hours? Yeah. And at the end of three hours, you're probably, probably still, still yeah. Yep. You still got to like walk away with a lot of questions and maybe not even really coming up with any solution. And most likely, yeah. Most likely not coming up with any solution. It seems like it's a it's a very particularly human problem. You know, the problem of uh, gun ownership in this country. You're damned if you do, and you're damned, damned if, if you don't. Yeah. You know, it's. And I think. Again, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on right after this uh, COVID thing when I contacted you, because I think that people are now understanding that, hey, this police thing that you were counting on to protect you, well, you've, you've, there's a lot of people that are trying to defund them now. Yeah. You're not going to get them in certain places because they're in conflict with uh, the state and the, the, the government, like in Atlanta. Or in New York, where they're quitting left and right, and in California, they're trying to get the sheriff of Santa Monica step, to step down. I mean, you got a lot of problems with the police. Yeah. It's not as simple as call the police; they'll be there, there for, for you. you. Yeah. They, even when it was that simple. Yeah, even it when it was, still wasn't effect. It's an illusion, yeah. right? And this is what you and I—I I mean, I know we talked about this before—that this this idea that you shouldn't be self-reliant and you should be de- dependent upon the government. This is what the Second Amendment was written for. Yep. People say it was designed like a well-armed militia. It was designed in case, you know, someone was coming and attacking you. Like, no, it could be the government themselves. Selves, the government yeah. is filled with people. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. Yes, they're humans. Like, and and when, is, when have you ever seen a time where the government has said, no, we want less power? Never. And once Ever. they get power, they, they never give it, it back. It doesn't come back. And that's never. what I keep trying to tell people. Like, look, 
I get you want to try things. They just want to throw things on the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah. Let's let's ban these guns. Let's limit this capacity. Let's do this. Like you do that, you don't get it back. So even if it so if it doesn't work, you think the government's going to say, well, better yet, the, this this whole idea that they're going to um, have a gun buyback program, right? right? The voluntary buyback. You think they're going to give you your guns back if it doesn't work? If the crime rate still stays the same, which it has in other places that have done the same thing. But Australia. But Australia. Yeah, and what they don't talk about about Australia is when they did it, it actually, crime spiked. Did it? Yeah. Because you got to think about it. Like the whole notion or idea that, like, criminals are criminals of opportunity. Right. Right. So if no one has a gun. No one has a gun. Like, think about it. It's just like what's going on in, uh, in Chaz now or what's going on in Atlanta. If there are no cops around, criminals are going to show up and they're going to take advantage of the chaos. Yes. Period. And you're not going to tell me that, no, uh, the cops will always be there. Look what happened in Canada. The guy stole a gun from a cop, killed the cop, and went on a rampage killing spree for almost 12, 13 hours. He shut down an entire city by himself. That one is a weird one. And I was reading something about it last night. See if you can find this, that he withdrew a huge um, amount of money, like more than 400 yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this. Shit. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He withdrew more than $400,000 from a bank account. How does he even, How was he even able to do that? Exactly. And there's some concern that this might have been some sort of intelligence operation. That there's something more to this mm. story. Because they were talking about the way he got that money, that it very well yeah. could have been that he was involved in something gotcha. on, a, on a totally different level. The Nova Scotia shooter case has hallmarks of an undercover operation. Police say the killer's withdrawal of $475,000 was highly irregular and how the RCMP agent would get money. How NRCMP. I don't know what that. Royal Canadian Mounted Police, I think that is. Uh, withdrawal $475,000 in cash by the man who killed 22 Nova Scotians in April matches the method that is Royal Canadian Mountain Poli Mounted Police, right? I Uses to send money to confidential informants and agents, sources say. Gabriel Watman, who is responsible for the largest mass killing in Canadian history, withdrew the money from a Brinks deposit in Dartmouth, uh, Nova Scotia, March 30th, stashing a carry-all filled with $100 bills in the trunk of his car. Wow. And my thing is, is like this. For an operation that complex, you think they'd be that sloppy? Yeah. Yeah, they're filled with people. <laughs> it's government. And they're Canadians, so they're actually nice. Sources in both banking and the RCMP say the transaction is consistent with how the RCMP funnels money to its confidential informants and agents and is not an option available to private banking customers. The RCMP has repeatedly said that it has no, in quotes, special relationship with Wartman. It means the regular relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Court documents show that Wartman owned a New Brunswick registered company called Berkshire Broman, the legal owner of two of his vehicles, including one of the police replica cars. Oh, he was a crazy person. He had a police replica yeah, car? Yeah, he had a lot of them. Whatever the purpose of the company, there's no public evidence that could have been able to move large quantities of cash. Wartman also ran his own, what is a denturist business? He makes fake teeth. Is that what it is? Yeah. Denturist? Yeah, basically a dentist. Oh, wow. Okay, so he had a fake teeth business? Yeah. And there's no reason to believe that it would also that it would, uh, it, it also would require him to handle large amounts of cash. If Wartman is or was an RCMP informant or agent, it would explain why the force appeared not to take action on complaints about his illegal guns and his assault on his common law wife. Hmm. 
Whoa. So he might have been a fucking informant. So he mm. might have been working for the government. <laughs> that makes sense. Because there's a lot I'm, of I'm sick. I'm not going to say it doesn't make listen, sense. Listen, there's a lot of sick fucks in all lines of business, yeah. including dentists. How many dentists have been accused of feeling up ladies after they put them under, right? I've. Had, yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. Heard, yeah. There's some sick fucks yeah. that are in all lines of work, including informants. Plus, informants, like you're a fucking rat. So he's a he's a rat that went bad. Yeah, could be. So there's complex. There's a complex yeah, backstory. Very to that much guy. so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nonetheless, it still happened. <laughs> yeah. I it's, don't. It's, and, but then again, it's funny because immediately after that, yes, unilaterally, Trudeau basically said, Poop, "No more guns." Yes. Or at least no more. No, no more assault, assault rifles, rifles which air, are yeah, which drive gun people crazy. <sighs> yes, because. What does that mean? All right. So assault rifle, an assault rifle is, a, to put it simply, and I'm going to try to explain this in plain language for people who don't know any different. Most people think when they see a, hear assault rifle, they think a machine gun, which is fully automatic or semi-automatic. I'm mean, not semi-automatic. Fully automatic or um, burst, basically. It's like three rounds at a time each time you pull the trigger. That's an assault rifle. AR-15s are not assault rifles. Right. Single shot. Yeah. A single shot gun. You pull the trigger once, you get one bullet. It's kind of synonymous. It's like, it's like comparing a Rolls Royce to a Chrysler 300. Yeah, why do they call it an assault rifle then? Because it looks badass? Well, why does who call it an assault rifle? Why do people call an AR an assault rifle? Well, because that's language used by the anti-gunners who are pushing an agenda. So what they want to do is they want to closely tie the idea of a machine gun that people largely see being used in movies to what's being sold on the street. So the distinction would be... Automatic versus semi-automatic. Semi-automatic, yes. And the difference between an AR is you don't have to cock it like a bolt-action rifle every time you fire a shot. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of, the, like, one of the arguments in the hunting world is that you don't need an AR and it's not, it wouldn't be effective. And I've actually heard people say that. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, as a hunter, it would be more effective yeah. because oftentimes you need a second, second shot. shot. You need to get that shot up but fast. But you can get at that second shot instantly. Yeah. Bang, yeah. bang. But it's, like it's, instantly. ironically, that's the same argument they'll use to why we need to ban them. Mm -hmm. Because it allows a shooter to shoot. And it allows the shooter to shoot yeah. faster than normal. And then I argue that's why we need him for self-defense. Yeah, again, it becomes one of those like really messy people problems. Yeah. Like it's a messy. That's the common yeah. denominator behind all of it. Yep. It's people. the people. People. But now they've even, what they'll do is they'll try to invalidate that argument. It was like, it's not a gun problem, it's a people problem. And they'll try to and they'll try to undermine it by acting like it's just a stupid trope. Yeah. But it's the truth. Well, I, I made a tweet a long time ago that said this country has a mental health problem disguised as a gun problem. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And it's really what it is. I absolutely agree with you. It's really what it is. It's And this is one thing that never gets discussed. Whenever one of these people does something really fucked up, they don't look at the amount of medication these people are on. You know, it's funny. They don't. They don't. They and they're really almost don't. all on medication. Almost all. There's <laughs> a common denominator, guns and medication. medication. And one gets looked at very closely and the Another other gets blatantly ignored. Why do you think that is? Because the pharmaceutical industry has a shitload of money, and there's yeah, a lot true. of these politicians that are in the pocket of yeah. the pharmaceutical industry. They they have a firm grip on the, the narrative. and So they, the gun is a perfect scapegoat. Yeah. And they also don't want all the other people that are on these psychotropic medications to feel bad that they're on them, that they could be lumped in with these mm. same people. That Like, imagine if we just started 
like if it's SSRIs or mm-hmm. antidepressants or, or anti-anxiety medication, imagine if that becomes the narrative in the news. Yeah. Like that people on SSRIs are fucking dangerous because all these school shooters are on SSRIs. Now, see, that's, that's but, interesting. But hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead. Because that would almost be a better argument than the NRA. Because if you look at the NRA mm-hmm. and you look at NRA members and the, the amount of NRA members that have actually done these horrible mass shootings, it's like none. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy yeah. that the medication is a better correlation than the NRA. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, like saying that, that people's yeah. fucking oh God, heads are going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Rogan, you shill. Yeah. You government shill. <laughs> they have information on you. No, I'm just, I'm just saying the facts. Responsible gun owners are not the people that are doing these things. Yeah. It's crazy people. And unfortunately, crazy people are oftentimes on medication. Yeah. Now, there's not, that, that's like a correlation causation argument as well. I'm not saying that the medication is forcing these people into doing that. But I am saying that I've known people that have taken SSRIs and have taken antidepressants mm-hmm. and a lot of different psycho, psycho, psychotropic medicines. And one of the things that they've said is that it makes them not care about things. Yeah. It's real weird. I've heard like that. Stuff can happen. And it's like, it's like it's yeah. a, it disassociates them from emotions. It yeah. And things don't bother them i'm like that that's That's scary scary. to me that's scary (laughs) to me because i'm i am the total opposite (laughs) i feel everything i mean i really do i'm a very sensitive person i know how to handle it Mm -hmm. but i'm very sensitive and it could speak to the the notion that when when you hear people describe the account of of interacting with a mass shooter yes them having this kind of stoic gerbilized yeah Yeah, they got shark eyes yeah 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 they're all on medication man i mean it's it's really like The numbers are staggering, and I'm not and, saying medication causes people to do that. Yeah, I'm but not. I mean it's something. It's something that we need, that needs to be talked about. It does and explored. Like, now I sit on the board of a, of, of Walk to Talk America, which is a a, a mental health fire, a two A 2A mental health organization, and and whose goal basically is to address the correlation, if any, or between firearm ownership and mental health. And is this and, something that you got involved because of the attacks on gun ownership and the, the mm-hmm. recognition that there is some sort of correlation? So, so the catalyst for it was to say, because a lot of gun owners will say, well, it's a mental health issue. And we'll always say that. Yes. And as you and I agree, we do believe that is the case. So what Walk to Talk America does is it says, okay, so let's walk to talk. Let's try to figure out how to fix or deal with the mental health issue component. Right. If we're going to say that's what it is and it's not the gun, and we do believe that, so let's start having that conversation and doing what needs to do. So what the what the pro what the organization does is it it crosses the aisle with people in the mental health space and brings them over into the gun side and vice versa, and so we can have those conversations to figure out a way how we can kind of balance the um, the firearm ownership with mental health because that conversation is not being had. Right. And so I think if we're going to talk about it and say that it's a mental health issue, okay, so let's let's start this deep sea dive into the mental health issue and see if we can come up with a solution that that speaks to why we have so many people that have these mental health issues. And then how do we exist in a world where this many people have mental health issues in a world also where we have this many guns? Yeah. And so so that we can better solve whatever problems we think we have instead of just throwing around, well, we need to ban this. We need right. to come up with this stupid right. law. Like instead yeah. of doing that. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't, I don't think it's that simple. Yeah, I don't think it's as simple as banning things because I think there's a lot of people that are responsible gun u- gun users and gun owners, and I don't think you should do anything to take away their rights. Yeah, I, agree. I really don't. Yeah. I and I, and I get in arguments with people about that, particularly mm-hmm. my my liberal friends. Yeah, 
You know, they're like, how can you call yourself a liberal when you have those that perspective? I'm like, because it's rational. I don't understand why the gun debate is even politicized. It should not be. It shouldn't be political. The well, fact that there's a things, division though. between, like, the fact that you can't be a liberal and and a pro gun is crazy right. to me. Same way that like I can't be like the idea of being conservative and pro gun is seen as a crazy thing. That doesn't make any sense to me either. I think the gun should live in a space that is it's. It's outside of the idea of politics, within reason, of course, because, you know, there's always going to be everything. Politics is kind of everything, right? Right. Um, but I don't think it should be that divisive, divisively defined between being a liberal or conservative. Yeah. It's just so weird to me. Well, it's divisive maybe because naive. we're divisive about everything. True. I mean, there's, there's certain topics like, here's a good one, um, global warming. Like, I guarantee you, man, is global, if you had across the board, how much of uh, climate change is natural versus mm. how much of it is man-made? And you just, just a simple question, and you threw that out there. I guarantee if you looked at the numbers, and you could get a real accurate assessment of how many conservatives and how many liberals responded. Mm. And I think that if you said, is it a hoax, uh, and you went to the, the yes side, yes, it's a hoax. It's overwhelmingly conservative people mm -hmm. who think it's a hoax or that it's not not an I think, issue. I think, the, I think the reason for that, to a degree, is because you have so many people. You have you have very, very out front figureheads who have tried to utilize global uh, climate change as a way to kind of undermine the economic structure in this country. In what way? Like, you know, the green power and all this stuff like that. Like, like look at the Green Deal. To me, that's just economics version. It's just trying to ch entirely change the economic structure of our country but to be more beneficial. Can you define the New Green Deal for people who don't know what it means, like what, what they're trying to do? But as far as the Green Deal, basically yes. they're, trying, they're trying to replace all of our kind of conservative means of production with respect to energy and, and replace it with green energy. And, and I, don't think it's, I don't think it's completely sustainable. And it's not even like it's progressive. It's a complete turnaround, 180. And I just think that's irresponsible. Now, here's the thing about that. From my standpoint, right, I consider myself just right of center as far as ideology. I have not done enough research on climate change to have a definitive opinion about it. So what I'm telling you is what I'm seeing other people say. And that's why I think there are a lot of people on the conservative aspect of it that are like it's a hoax because they see it as basic economic subversion. Now, as far as climate change in and of itself, I don't know. I'm probably the last person to talk to about that because I like my cars to destroy the environment. <laughs> Have you ever driven an electric car? Yeah. You drove a Tesla? Yeah. What do you, what do you say? You like, like you're not impressed? I don't want to be impressed. You don't want to be impressed? No. What do you mean? Because I'm like, I'm... I'm you want to hear the rumble? I, yes, I'm sincere. I, I love it. I now, understand. here's the thing. The Tesla truck is kind of calling me. It's calling me. Kind of? Yeah. I'm still a, I'm like, I mean, my favorite, my favorite SUV or truck, I call it a truck, is, is a G-Wagon. So, and that, that is probably the biggest pollutant on the planet with respect to SUVs. They're pretty dope. I love them. Yeah. Absolutely love them. They're so heavy, too. <sighs> they are, but I love them. Yeah, they're dope. The door, you have to ka-chunk. Yeah, you have to. It's you have like to, a bank just, vault. Yeah. yeah. And see, that's old. I, like, I kind of like that old. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the Defender. I get it. Like, I well, love Defender's it. the opposite. It's aluminum. You ever yeah. shut the door on one yeah, of those bitches? Yeah, that is bitches? true. That is actually true. They're made that out of true. fucking beer cans. Yeah, but so is the suspension. But they look dope. <laughs> yeah, they the do. The thing is, they look dope, whereas uh, the Mercedes, the G-Wagon, is actually dope. <laughs> it's 
It's a difference. It's <laughs> Explain. A, it's a different animal. The Mercedes. Like ah, if you okay. drive a G wagon, yeah. that motherfucker, first of all, is super modern. Mm-hmm. Like especially the new ones. The new they ones, have yeah. an independent front suspension, yeah. so it handles really well. Yeah. By the way, none of these fucking suburban housewives are ever taking those goddamn things off roading. So I don't even know why <laughs> it ever had two live axles. Right? It's like most of what it is is like. Moms are picking up their kids in these fucking things, yeah. rich people. But here's the funny thing about that, because I had, I had, I had a '63, mm-hmm. I had a 2013 '63, and then all, all the time, I had, like people were like, oh my god, that's my dream car, that's my dream, and then they'd ride in it. I'm like, oh, it's bumpy, it's and, terrible. But the new ones aren't. Yeah, no, the new ones are the amazing. The new ones handle the insane, ones and they're so fast yeah. for what it is. Yeah, it's no, I get it, dude. It's dope. But, but going back the to the Tesla, to me, is the future. When I drive one of those things, and here's the thing, too. When COVID, lo- the lockdown happened in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. all of a sudden our air quality was fucking amazing. <laughs> you could see the mountains. It was crazy. And I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to ourselves? I, I, I if agree. If everybody had electric cars, that would be the case all day long, every day. Yeah, but then some people make the argument that what you need, like the batteries and so forth and so on, cause as much destruction. As, That's a good as, argument. So, it's also conflict minerals. Yeah. You're getting these from like these poor countries they, where they're yeah, taking exactly, them out of Afghanistan. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I'm. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm. I. I, ha- I have a hard time having this conversation because I'm so biased, right? And I'm being selfish. Listen, you go like, out my garage, you yeah. see the shit I have, man. <laughs> I've got a lot of muscle cars, man. I love those things, yeah, yeah. but I also love my Tesla, and I yeah. drive it all the time. I love it, man. I, I love that it's silent. I love that it's stupid fast. I mm-hmm. love that it feels like it's from the future. <laughs> it makes other cars feel dumb, man. Yeah. It does. It's just so advanced. Yeah. No, you're, and you're right. And the funny thing is, all the reasons why I love the new G wagon. Are the same reasons that you love the Tesla. Yes. It's mine notwithstanding the electric engine. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's just me not wanting to I, I romanticize the idea of car ownership so much and driving and the feel and all of that stuff. You do lose that with some of the electric cars. So that's why I'm kind of hard pressed to kind of completely jump on the electric car car bandwagon. Here's a crazy thing. Did we look this up? I think we did. Because it was something that Jeremy Clarkson said on Top Gear. That when the exhaust that comes out of a 911 turbo mm. is actually cleaner than the air in a polluted area, like if you, if I think you, I remember him saying that. I you do remember drive him that. in yeah. downtown LA in a 911 mm. turbo, you're act, the exhaust is actually cleaner than the air that's getting sucked into the engine. <laughs> that's, so that's it is it. possible yeah. to make a low emissions combustion vehicle. No, they got the, just, the the Taycan from Porsche. Well, that's electric. That, yeah, it is. But I mean, yeah, there was it. Because in Dallas they did a, the reveal and I was there mm-hmm. and that thing's dope. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, okay, so now this is the this is where we get the marriage between the the practical efficiency yeah. of electric cars and then the the sensorial effect of having old, the old world cars. That's right. that, now it's starting to get that marriage and that balance right. Right. Um, that you know I can it makes I can, noise like a, like it accelerates. Like you can press a button and make Jetsons makes, noises. <laughs> so like as you hit the gas. <laughs> Like See, I can't get fast. down with that. You can't get, I down, can't with get that? down with I that. Down I'd rather that. you mimic the sound of like an oh, old an muscle car. Oh, I, yeah. can't da- I can't get down with that. Yeah, I, might. I hate when like M3s were doing that. Uh-huh. Pump- piping oh, piping in inside. Yeah, that's what they did in my M6. And Fuck I was. Off. You know what? You know you're right. Shut yeah, that it was shit kind off. of. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the problem with turbos. They sound whack. Yeah, but you can get so much power out of them. Yes, but the AMGs are also turbos. Yeah, like AMG G wagons are turbo. They sound fucking nasty. Yeah, they do. They figured out how. To do it right with the exhaust that Porsche has not figured that out with their exhaust. No, they haven't. 
But man, they figured out so many other things. They figured out so much. Look, if you drive one of their naturally aspirated engines, you, the the noise is so glorious yeah. that you don't ever want to go back to the GT3. Yes, all the GT cars. I, mean, I guess they're all those are GT3 generally the, RS the GT3 oh RS and the GT3s. Yeah, they make yeah they make they make a beautiful oh. sound. Yeah, but the GT2 RS sounds pretty fucking good too. Porsche states that under normal driving conditions, this car exceeds. 31 miles per gallon and does indeed only produce a maximum carbon output of 300 units. So in retrospect, Jeremy Clarkson's conclusion upon the heavily polluted cities is plausibly correct and therefore quite amazing. Holy crap. Yeah. Because, you know, L.A.'s dirty as fuck yeah. under normal conditions. Pretty amazing. Thank you, Jamie. Man. Who's better than Jamie? L.A. so heartbreaking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Well, how about now? And that's what I'm saying. Did you like, go down through Hollywood and see all the boarded windows and shit? Um. Staying in Hollywood. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Tell it's, me what it's like for someone who hasn't been here since the... Um, what's that thing? Remember The Walking Dead? Yeah. yeah kind of close to that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Hollywood. Is, I mean, Hollywood's already dirty anyway. Right. And then you add the board. Everything's boarded up. It's kind of like... Now, it's starting to seem a little more lively. Like, things are opening back up a little bit. So it's not as bad, but it's bad enough to go like, oh, man, this is bad. Well, like, there's a friend of mine uh, who uh, is buddies with this photographer, and this photographer is like, he whenever shit goes down, he mm -hmm, goes out and gets photographs and mm -hmm. videos, and he got this insane video of Hollywood the very night where everybody was smashing and burning everything. Mm -hmm. It is, it's so crazy. Really? It's so crazy, this video. I mean, I don't want to share it because it's his personal video, but he's, um, he's walking down the street, and he's panning. And it's just people smashing windows and things are on fire and people are running out of stores with packages and, and it's all happening on the street in front of him. The streets are covered with debris and dirt and, and he's just God. he's just panning back and forth with his camera. I'm like, oh my God, like this is Hollywood? This is where I drive to go tell yeah. jokes? Like what is happening? It's, man, dude, it's, and it's, it's, it's such a beautiful city. Like yeah. you can see the beauty through the grime. Yeah. And it's like, I don't this know how it bounces it back either. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know what percentage of the small businesses were already on the way out yeah. before the rioting and the looting, because the COVID fucked up so many businesses. They were estimating that somewhere around forty percent of small businesses were going to go under, <laughs> and then you light everything on fire and looting and all this crazy shit. And it's like, oh my and god. Cali and L.A. was hard to live in and expensive enough to live in as is. Well, the taxes are so crazy. Yeah. The California state taxes is like thirteen point five percent. Texas? No. Ungats. Yeah. No. Zero. Same as the I mean, we get, of we get shooters crushed. that were in the NRA. Different. <laughs> Same. I mean, we get crushed for property tax. But yeah, but the, we get crushed with that too. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's yeah, not, just not on specifically your house, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, look, there's beautiful parts of LA. There's a, there's, there's, so, so there's a lot of fun to this place. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of good things. Yeah. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of good people because there's a lot of people. But it's one of the problems with it is there's too many folks. I think when you get to a size that's sort of unmanageable, whether it is uh, you know New York City or Los Angeles, what whenever things go sideways, they go really, really sideways and fast. Yeah, and like do you, do you saw how fast it went from zero to hundred with mm -hmm. COVID, like yeah. zero to and then not only that, and that was a point that I made too with respect to firearm ownership. People don't understand how fast society can collapse. Yes. Even if only temporarily. Right. It can, it happens overnight. Yeah. That video came out just like that. Mm-hmm.
police station on fire. Yeah. Like and, and the whole city was burning. Yeah. And and then but people tell me that I'm ridiculous for wanting to own a firearm. Yeah, they're ridiculous and they look ridiculous now. You know, that, I mean, again, I'll say it again. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on right after it hit. Yeah. When I contacted you, I was like, this is the time to really talk about this stuff because this is where people are more open to this idea. Yeah. We, we live in a messy world. And I know that there's a lot of good people that don't want guns. Like I had a conversation with this comedian friend of mine when one of the mass shooting happened. And he was like, we just got to take away all the guns. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know what to say, but because that's you're so off base, I don't even know what to do with it's this a, conversation. I know, and that's the problem. It's, it's so many people don't have the conversation emotionally, and therefore they start spouting out what essentially is juvenile solutions. Same guy, years later, trying to buy a gun. Stop it. <laughs> now, of course, it, worried, scared, trying to buy a gun. What do I do? Yeah. Trying to buy a gun. I it, want to buy a gun. They confronted with reality. What do I do? Yeah. What do I do? I don't know, man. I don't and, know what to tell you. And, and see, but here's the messed up part about it, too. Take California, for instance. Like, and you brought it up earlier in the conversation. Now you have all these people who are panicking, wanting to buy a gun because they feel they need one soon and fast. They can't get it because you have what? A 10 day waiting period in California. Right. And these are laws that they voted for. Right. So they're just waiting nine, nine. eight, exactly. Seven. And, Every and, day, checking, and, looking out the window. And we saw an entire city go from perfectly functional to on fire in a night. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's so th that's another reason why the whole notion of having waiting periods for me, I'm just like, nah, I'm not, I can't get with it. It's so crazy how everything went sideways, like almost like I'm not a conspiracy theorist in the yeah. fact that I did. I don't think like I had a really dumb person tried to explain to me that uh, they think that George Floyd was murdered so that the riots could happen. I've heard that, too. Oh my God, it's the dumbest argument of all time. Like, yeah, you got a fucking sociopath who's a known sociopath. You just happened to have him arrest a guy that he's already had a personal, personal beef with. Yeah. It's a dumb conversation. Yeah. But if if it wasn't, God damn, it's like, it's perfect. It's the perfect storm. You have yep. this, this polemic sort of uh, polarizing president, right? And then you have this disease that comes from another country yeah. and he's calling it the Chinese virus and you know we're already in trade war talks with China so you go wow imagine if China like released this virus there's all these crazy <laughs> if you're one of those people there's all these crazy conspiracies you can come up with yeah. then the George Floyd murder which is months into this horrible lockdown where everybody's losing there's their fucking mind and nobody has any stir money crazy. Yeah. and yeah. angry man yeah. I was watching people driving they were driving so aggressive I could feel it the tension the pe because when people start losing money and there's no way to get it back yeah, and they're they just losing their businesses through no fault of their own yeah. and then on top of that you see a video of a guy getting murdered by a cop and it's a slow torture <sighs> murder and it's horrific and then the fucking city explodes and then what's unprecedented is that the whole world responds yeah like when is the whole world I know, responded it's the creepy, way man. it's crazy like good lord like and now here we are <laughs> Here we are, two gun enthusiasts, with gun shirts on. Oh, uh, they're gonna hate you for that one. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, if you hate me for this now, like, come on, man. There's, I'm, I've, you know, I've been a hunter for eight years, uh -huh. and I've had guns for more than twenty. I just, I don't, um, I don't want anybody to die. I yeah. don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want anybody to cry. I don't want anybody to feel bad. I don't. I'm a sensitive person, as as weird as it sounds. However, I'm a realist. Yeah. I understand humans, and I, I understand that we are a strange animal. Very. And uh, we we live in this bizarre state of civilization that has a thin veneer 
that that a thin veneer that protects Stability, us from yeah. all of our survival instincts and chaos and all of our our tribal instincts and our our b- b- brutality that we have just under the surface and i'm very aware of that you just yeah. i'm very i'm very aware of the propensity that human beings have for violence and that's why i'm a gun advocate and that's why i support people like you and that's why i want to have these kind of conversations cuz i don't i don't think there's enough people looking at it realistically and i think there's more now and I, I think having a conversation with someone who's so well reasoned mm-hmm. about this is very important right now. Yeah, no, it's it's, I don't know why or how it came about, but it's just something I've become really incredibly passionate about. And when did you first shoot a gun? Like, what was the first time? How old were you? I think it was like twenty four, twenty three. So you were fairly old yeah. in terms of. Oh yeah, no, I was not pro gun. So I was not pro what, gun. What kicked it off? Shooting. <laughs> <laughs> So what what made you go to a range? My best friend asked me to go. Uh, yeah, he, he randomly was like, hey, you want to go shoot? And I was like, and I was scared. I was more scared than I was anti-gun. Were you in law school at the time? Yes. Wait, hold on. It's, oh, man, stuff starts getting so blurry. I was either in the process of going to law school or I was already in law school. Okay. I can't remember exactly. Okay. But after that first shot, the second shot, actually, let me not lie. The first shot, I was terrified. Second shot, I was like, Oh yeah, I like this. <laughs> well, people hate hearing that. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. It's no, that. but it's no different for me. I'm in, a, dude. The last time I was here, I was in uh, here. I mean, in California, I was in San Francisco to be specific. I was filming for my show. After we finished filming, I decided to stay over for for several days as kind of like a getaway. I rented a Porsche 911 GT3 on Turo. J- found. The what, most rem- Turo? Turo is like a, uh, it's like Airbnb for cars. Oh, so you, yeah. you rented somebody else's car? Yeah, they should pay me a lot of money for this right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so basically, yeah, you can take whatever cars you have well, and you can rent I've them out. Yeah, yeah. So I found the most remote diner in San Francisco I could possibly find for my hotel. I rented this 911 GT3 and I drove about an hour and 30 minutes to this diner, had some eggs, had some oatmeal, ate, got back in the car, drove back down the mountain. Went back to my hotel, and then the next day, I plotted out another course, and I did the same shit. I drove down to 101 and just drove, and it was the most exhilarating, awesome shit I've ever done in my life. Why can't I have that type of reaction to doing that, but not to shooting a firearm? It's the same thing. Well, I think you should. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, The people that do have a problem with it, it is this emotional, in my opinion, narrow-minded perspective i think it's it's narrow-minded in that well okay it's i I think in one way it's not Mm narrow-minded in one way if you would want to look at it with the the best perspective possible you would hope that we have evolved to the point where we no longer need guns no one needs guns all across the land everywhere in the world and that might and strength are no longer factors in the way people interact with each other people will never no no longer threaten people's lives or break down their doors Mm -hmm. or rape people or murder people or steal from them i would love that i would love that look i think if the three of us lived in a world it was Mm -hmm. just you me and jamie we wouldn't need guns to protect ourselves. Yeah, You're just, a nice guy. Jamie's great. I'm a nice guy. We wouldn't have any problems. I don't so, know. Jamie wears his hat backwards. Uh, I don't he's know if fine. I can trust him. He's fine. Trust me. 
But you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the problem. The problem is the unknown, people that you don't love, people that you don't you don't know anything about them, yeah. and then people that look at you like an opportunity or like a victim rather than like a brother but, or a sister. Yeah. That's the problem with people. And that problem largely comes from a bunch of different factors. Yeah. And, and one of those factors is overpopulation. One of those factors is uh, we don't need each other you know, as much, necessarily yeah. as much. And that you look at people that have more than you have, and you look at them as have, somehow or another they've, they've gotten that through some nefarious way. That's They're, another perspective thing I've noticed, too. That's, yeah. that, that's a mentality that it's way more pervasive than it needs to be. Right. Um, the, the way that people look at success. I was raised by my mom. And I, I should be a fucking failure, to be honest with you. I am like the epitome of having a background where I should be nothing. Um, my mom was like, look. If them, why not you? And not meaning any specific race or any specific type of people, but just anything. If you want something and you see someone that has something that you want, work and figure out a way so that you can get it. That should be a motivation, not something that I look down on and say, well, why do they get to have that? That's not fair. I should have that. I think there's too much of that thought process and mentality in this country now. It's a mind disease. Yeah. And I, and I think it's scary. It's scary because then what it does is it vilifies success. And so now, instead of success being something that people aspire to, it's now become something that people attack. Yes. And I think that's incredibly dangerous. Incredibly dangerous. Yeah, I agree. It, and it's, uh, it's a very weak-minded perspective, too. Yeah. There's one kind, I mean, there's different kinds of success, too, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. There's the success of someone who built a business versus success of someone who's doing some shady shit with... Which is true. ...with loans yeah. and, you know, and, and, and fucking over people with, you know, subprime mortgages and... Yep. that. There's, there's different things that make you successful. You know, there's the Wolf of Wall Street money yeah. that you get from ripping people off. But and I think that goes people. without being said, though. Yes, that that's pretty blatant. But it's like, also like the gun problem, man. Yeah. People are messy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if everybody was like you, yeah. no one would have a problem with guns. It's a, it's a messy problem that comes with it just is. human beings because yeah. we're just weird. People are weird. <laughs> no, you're right. And I, but it, here's a funny thing though. Like I have this kind of utopic vision of this this like mass education on firearms. And the reason I have it, and I, I know it's a little naive to a degree, but I do believe like the gun changed the way I looked at the world. And I think the gun, like a lot of like you know, how you did it change the way you look at the world? It taught me to really even though my mom really kind of beat it into my head, the gun almost served as like a physical sim symbol of self-reliance. Not that I don't need anyone, but to trust in my own ability to find a way to deal with any problems that I have. Sometimes that ability means go to somebody who's better at it than you that can help you do something. To learn. Or, exactly. Or it means find the strength within yourself to overcome an issue that you're dealing with. The gun showed me, and not only taught me that, it taught me responsibility. Because now we are talking, however I want to Disneyfy it, as far as the... Um, the the sporting enthusiast aspect of it, it's still something, it's life and death. That is a tool of life and death that can be used to take a life and can be used to save one. So because of that, 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 that bears a big responsibility, especially when I'm carrying that very thing on me everywhere I go. So it had me really appreciate life more. I started to value life a lot more. Most people think you get a gun and all of a sudden you just want to take life. No, like, the, I tell people this all the time. The day I have to use the gun to defend myself, 
I'm going to need therapy. Flat out. I'm going to need therapy because it's made me value life. Not that I didn't value life before, but it's something that, that brings it to the forefront of your consciousness when you have a gun and you understand what that gun can be used to do. Mm. And so that happens to way more people than people realize. Most people think that people get a gun and they just become reckless murderers who want to kill everybody. When in reality, there are a number of stories of people out there who I know a guy who the firearm helped him get out of his depression. <laughs> I know. I know. It sounds crazy. It sounds uh, crazy. But he'll 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 tell you the speech about it. And he's and he's very he should be I mean, he grew up in the streets of St. Louis and he didn't he didn't have a good life. He was young and he was depressed, but when he got into firearms, that allowed him to deal with his depression because he found something he was passionate about. Isn't that that is crazy, but that's something that does actually work when you find something you really love and pursue it and you get some like that's one of the problems I have with the term depression. Like boy, that's a blanket that you throw yeah. over so many different factors. Yeah. Like what it's almost like the the term drugs. Like if you say, are you on drugs? Yeah, I drank a cup of coffee. I'm on drugs. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, or yeah. are you on heroin? Yeah. It's really, they're both drugs. It's weird. Yeah. But depression is in many ways like that in that there are people, and I know these people, that have a real problem with their brain and the way their brain produces chemicals. Mm -hmm. Same way some people have problems with their liver. Some people have, they're born with ineffective lungs. These are yeah. all just parts of parts being of, a yeah. person. Yeah. And some people have like legitimate issues that I think they need medication for. And then there's other people that they just don't feel good and they call it depression because mm -hmm. their life sucks, sucks yeah. and their job sucks and no one wants to have sex with them and they don't have any money. So they're depressed. Yeah. And they say, I'm suffering from depression. And so what do you do with that? Well, some of those people get on medication. And I don't know if that's really the answer because there's a lot of those people that I know that have discovered jujitsu mm -hmm. or discovered other things that they yoga even yeah. physical things often because they release endorphins and because they're actually healthy for you but also you get passionate about something and you see this improvement and when you were talking about that with guns I was trying to describe to someone why I like shooting guns and I said one of the reasons why I like it is cuz I'm not very good at it yeah you know I like learning things yep. I I like learning all kinds of things oh, I yeah sucked. I'm sure. Uh, when I started, I had a YouTube channel. When I started my YouTube channel, I would go with like, I, was, I started with a thing called IDPA Diaries, which is like a shooting competition. Oh, it was bad. But you did it <laughs> openly, yes. which is great. Mm -hmm. So people can see, oh, this guy yeah. isn't just, because I see you now. It's yeah. like, if I didn't know anything about guns, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this guy is like, so good. Yeah, like, this no. is crazy. And then, see, that's what I wanted when I started doing it. I wanted people, because I was like, I'm a city boy. I didn't grow up with guns. So when I started putting my, when I started my channel, I was like, okay, I know there are a lot of people who are like me. Right. And so I want them to be able to feel, to be able to relate to the idea of, okay, I'm starting afresh and I'm not that good. So yeah. the YouTube channel was almost a way to chronicalize my growth. And if you start from video one and you go to my last video, you can literally watch the entire progression. And that's what I wanted it to be. So I knew, and I was, it was hard because I knew I was going to look bad. Yeah. Real bad. And I started with video one for IDP diaries. And then as time went on, I stopped doing the diaries, but I was still shooting in front of the camera. And even to this day, I'm known for not editing out my misses. Mm, good. Like, you're still going to see me miss. And good. then there are some people, and it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard because I do so much shooting. Now there's an expectation that I should be good. Mm. So when I go out and do a gun review and I'm missing with a particular gun, 
And then I see comments, man, you couldn't hit shit with that gun, man. You don't know what you're It does hit my ego a little bit. Don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's the key. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're on the right path. Yeah. You have great content. Just yeah. don't read the comments. Yeah. Do your best. Don't read the comments. I think I know, and I've started doing it actually. I've cut it. I've cut it by fifty percent. Mm, so and, important, man. Yeah. So important for mental health. Yeah, it really know? is. It really is because you don't realize how much of an effect it's having until it starts having an effect. Yeah. And then you're like, why am I? Why am I such in a shitty mood all the time? It's just a terrible well, way to communicate with people. Yeah. You know, through through little yeah. text messages on yeah. comments, yeah. and you don't even know them. You don't know anything about them, yep. and they're saying mean shit to you. <sighs> ah! <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The audacity of anonymity is insane. It is. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. The audacity of anonymity. Yeah. 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 Anonymous people can get away with a lot. A lot. It's also, it's like a shitty way to communicate with people personally. It's bad for you to shit on people through mm -hmm. like anonymous little comments on someone's Instagram page or their YouTube channel. It's just, it's yeah. shitty. It's it, shitty for you. It, it's bad for you. And like I said before, like I, mean, I grew up, I grew up, my friends are assholes. So I know how to give it back. But Dude, if I, I, but if I do it now, I'm a bully. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. If you give it back and then people will find you as a target yep. and then they start coming after yep. you. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. It's um, you're better off just ignoring it. Yeah. Just keep moving. Do your best. Keep moving. That's 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 the plan now. Yeah. That's the plan because I mean it's so the platform's so big now mm -hmm. to try to let all that in. Like I'm gonna lose. Like it's gonna affect me emotionally. How many Instagram followers you have now? right now? Six hundred and twenty-four thousand. Imagine that in a room. <laughs> imagine a room with six imagine like Jesus. the amount of like how many like a giant football arena is like what jamie you would know this what's like a big ass football arena 15 okay imagine six of them bitches six of them and that's just, just instagram like fuck you you fucking missed all of them you fucking loser you can't hit shit with that gun imagine all that, that now, number that's here, too many people that's here, unmanageable here's how bad it is how bad it was i was reading instagram comments the YouTube comments where uh, I have 1.4 million. Uh, Facebook where I have 1.3 million. Uh, Dude, uh, 108,000 on Inst on uh, Twitter. So uh, I was I was going back and forth reading all of that. Oh my god. And 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 I was just I hit a point one day I was like, dude, this is not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so Facebook, that's the entire city of Austin. You have the entire city of Austin going, "Fuck you, fuck you." You can't do that, man. It's not. You can't do that. Yeah, no man. one can manage that. No, they can't. Yeah, it's just too many people. It's too much opportunity for people to suck. Which is true. Yeah, which is true. Face to face is the best way to talk to people. Yeah. Always. If I'm going to be honest, though, I think some of it is my ego, where I think I can handle it. Mm. It's like this this false sense of of, of stability that my right. ego has. Right. It's like I can handle it. I can I handle it. I can handle it. But the war of attrition is real. It's still it's, energy that's yeah, coming at you. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's still energy. It is. And if it's negative, it's going to feel bad. Yep. It might not feel as bad as it will for someone who's mentally unstable. And I've seen some comedians who just re get really crushed by comments, and it's horrible. Really? Yeah, man. Mm. Like, they come on the show, and then they read. I go, don't read the comments. <laughs> Donnell Rawlings, when he was on with the RZA yeah. from Wu-Tang, yeah. I said, after the, well, Donnell is just... He's a wild motherfucker, and he's funny as shit, and he's always loud, and he's just crazy. <laughs> Donnell's crazy, but he was talking over the RZA a bunch of times, and mm -hmm. people, I know they were going to get mad. And he, I love Donnell, so when, when he was doing it, I was just laughing my ass off. I yeah. thought it was awesome. I, that was a great <laughs> podcast. And then at the end, I said, don't read the comments. 
I, I hugged him like, oh, that was great, man. Don't read the comments. <laughs> He's like, you fucking told me. You told me not to read the comments. It's hard, dude. Sometimes it's really hard. Because yeah. you, you know what it is sometimes? And, and, and it's, it's your own fault. Because what you, what you go to do is to get your ego stroked. That's really mm, what you're doing. Yeah, you're really going on there hoping everyone's like, "Man, he was awesome." What a great I love him. Yeah, I'm a pro but Second Amendment guy now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get up there and you're like, "You suck." Yeah, and exactly. you're like, "Oh shit." Yeah. And you're like, "All right, okay." Yeah. Yeah. I'm too okay. polarizing to read the comments because people either love me or they fuck. Yeah, hate which is me. true. I've learned that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. weird. Yeah. So I just go, "Okay, I'm just gonna keep doing what I do." <laughs> Something's going right, I think. I don't know, man. Just, just a little moving. bit. I mean, I think I think you could step it up a little bit. You know, do a, you know, just you know, trying. turn it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying to do my best. I really am. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of me. Yeah. You know, I don't like what I do. I think I, I could always do better. You know, it's funny. A lot of people don't realize that people who put themselves out, like you know, in front of kind of like you and I, so forth, so like, even though we may kind of get affected by your comments. They're never anywhere close as to it being as bad as what we tell ourselves in our heads. Oh, for sure. We are. I have the worst self-talk on the planet. Yeah. Like, it's bad. It's toxic. I do, too. Yeah. But I think that's also what drives you. Yeah. You know, it's just like I have a good self-love, too. Like, I'm, I'm not as much as I Because <laughs> I have a problem in that I'm a little, I don't want to say I'm too driven. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I get very focused on things, and especially things that I'm trying to get good at. Yeah. And things that I take seriously, whether it's stand-up or whether it's doing this podcast or other things that I do, UFC commentary. And so if I fall short, I'm very hard on myself. Yeah. So that if I read other people that also are mad at me for falling short and it piles on, it's like, listen, man, I'm right there with you. <laughs> you know, I do, you're, like, you're not going to get an argument yeah. from me. Other whether or not I suck, like I'm right there, right there with, with you. you. Yeah, I'm, right I'm there pretty, with you. I'm pretty terrible. Everything yeah. I've ever done wrong, I'm fucking yeah. furious at myself for. Yep, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. And it's like, I, it's nothing's ever enough. No, nothing's. I mean, I can have any any type, and this can't be healthy, but any type of thing I succeed at or anything that I do that is a milestone that people are like, oh, this is awesome. It lasts maybe 10 seconds, and I'm like, all right, you need to do better. Yes, but that's also like, why you're really good yeah, at things. And yeah. this is another thing that you see from people that are mediocre. It, it infuriates me <laughs> where they come up with excuses for why they fall short. Yeah. For, they come up with excuses for why they didn't succeed in their chosen profession. They come up with excuses for why other people do well, but they've been ostracized, or they've been cast out, or they yeah. never were accepted, or they were treated like a second-class citizen. No, you were mediocre. <laughs> you're mediocre, yeah. and you're not critical on yourself. Yeah. And I don't you it's, know, I don't wish that on anybody. That's truth. I mean, it, yeah. it is what it is. And I've and the thing is, you have to get past. I call it the ego wall. You have to get past the ego wall because yeah. there's just some shit you're just not good at. Right. And so it's either one of two things: you either pivot, find something you're good at, and go that direction, or if you're willing to put in the effort, figure out how to get better at what you're not good at. Right. And then and then apply those things. Now it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. You still may not even get to the same level or degree as somebody else who's naturally talented in that in that sense, but what's the alternative? You bitch about it and like you said, complain, complain, complain. That, yeah. I, when I see people, particularly this happens when when you see people com who are not very good commenting on people who are successful. <laughs> They start saying, this is one of the reasons why I could never make it because the people that made their sellouts or they're this or they're that. And like, OK, yeah, is that, right. you yeah. know, who doesn't leave comments like that? Winners. 
It's just so true. That's the fact. It's very true. That's the fact. Dave yeah. Chappelle's not going on fucking Twitter <laughs> talking shit about people. This is that's the facts. That's it's true. the yeah. people who are really successful are the ones who are analyzing themselves, looking at their own work, and keep moving. It doesn't mean you don't fail. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't fuck, fuck up. up. Doesn't yeah. mean you don't make mistakes. Yeah. And the thing, the difference though, is you do it publicly. Yeah. You mess up publicly. Oh yeah. And that's a lot to take in. And like even like when I went on, when I was on, I remember when I was on Bill Maher and I was on a round table. I didn't think I did a good job. I don't. It's I, fucking I, I think, almost impossible yeah. to do a good job yeah. in that goddamn round table. Yeah. It was it was probably my worst showings. Now for reasons that I think I went into it thinking I could I went into it like a lawyer. I thought I can go on reason and it be understand. I was outclassed because they had a great command of using emotion and clapping. And, yeah, well there's that. Yeah. They're <laughs> teachers. <laughs> Yay! One on the board for us. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a good way to communicate. And I said it no. with Bill on the show and he's trying to talk me into doing the show and I think I agreed to it, but then I found ways to get out of it. <laughs> this is why, man, talking one-on-one -on -one is hard enough. Like you have a thought, sometimes you're expanding and I have a thought and I'm holding on to it. Yeah. But then you keep talking and I don't know when to get it in there and I lose it. <laughs> Now, when there's three other fucking people and they're all trying to get sound bites, they're hoping are going to be on YouTube. Yeah, it's all performative. It is a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it is performative. And then on top of it, it really is performative because there's a fucking audience yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah. they're, and they're all liberal and they're all yeah. clapping and cheering and they're all, and which they should be. They're yeah. his fans. Yeah. There's no, there, nothing wrong with that. There were a couple times I wanted to be like, I'd make a point and I'm like, really? You're not going to clap? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad way to communicate in front of people like that. Yeah. It's one thing to perform if you're doing stand-up or singing a song or something like that in front of a large crowd. That's one thing. Yeah. But like having conversations that's, in front of crowds, it's like a, a weird, animal, man. weird added element, and you're 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 appealing to others to chime in and reinforce your your thoughts. Yeah. No, you know, you're absolutely right. Now I will forever, ever, ever be grateful that he gave me the opportunity to go into that lines den, because um, it's a place that I think a lot of pro gun people haven't been able to get go right. into. Um, hopefully I communicated in a manner that was, that resonated with a lot of people in the same, same way here. Um, it's, I'd be lying if I said I did not value the ability to have the, for the time being within this two hour, three hour space to have access to your audience. Um, at the same time, because I, I don't understand why, I mean, I understand why, but I'm just passionate about this in a way that. Sometimes even I have a hard time articulating. And so when I see all of these new people, because I know your audience is very vast. Like, I have a base. There's a base in my audience, right? The, the gun people. And a lot of them very conservative. And with your audience, it, it gives me the ability to speak to a wider gap of people who would otherwise never even look to, in my direction mm. because of what I talk about. And so... It, and there aren't that many platforms that are available right now that are willing to open their doors to the opposite perspective. Because you got to, you, you you're a smart guy, you know this. This puts you in a very peculiar situation. You, you can end up looking really bad because you're literally confronting and testing out all of your ideas. Right. In front of the, your audience that thinks that you know everything. Right. And so many people aren't willing to do that. Because they're worried about looking bad, which is why I give mad props to Bill Maher as well. Because there aren't that many platforms. Most people just want to sit in their echo chambers, right. yell at their audience, and say, all right. Right? 
Yeah. Um, so I can't, I'm, I, I'm hard pressed to think about any other type of platforms that may have a different perspective that would let me come on like this. And that's just me being honest. Well, I think it's important to talk to people that have all sorts of different ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing, there's the thing going on today where people talk about giving someone a platform. You shouldn't be giving them access to your platform. I'm like, well, what the fuck is the purpose of a platform if it's not to test out ideas? If it's not like, if you want to talk to someone, I mean, I'm not talking about someone like who's in the KKK yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, it's... But it, uh, talking to people that have controversial viewpoints one of the best ways to sort those viewpoints out is to challenge them. And in fact, there's a lot of people that would support a lot of There's people that I've had on where I've confronted them on their ideas and it, it, they lost a lot of fans because Mm, of it, because Because these ideas now fall apart under scrutiny Scrutiny, under someone who could talk to you for long periods of time and just start go, okay, well, why do you think that? And then they say this and that, and then you go, well, where's that coming from? And then they see this and that. And then as you get deeper and deeper, you get to the basement and you go, Oh, this is ain't shit. There's nothing in here. (laughs) It's kind of, I mean, but I think the problem too is, is that people don't understand you can't know everything. Right. So for instance, we started talking uh, halfway through, we started talking about climate change. Right. My, 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 my knowledge of climate change is very limited. Very limited. You're going to hit a point. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Yeah, well, so mine's pretty limited too. Yeah. So, but, but I think the problem is some people have this expectation where they, they, they tell themselves, well, I have to know this because people expect me to know yeah. this. And if I say that I don't know, then I'm going to lose. And look, I made, I don't know, maybe there's some diehard climate. Maybe, you know, somebody's make an argument that says, okay, well, yeah, that's because most people don't follow you for climate change. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, this, the, the climate change argue, argument to me is one of the things that's really fascinating about it. And I, so I think, and I mean this in a very, um, this, this is a hard way to grasp this, but this is, this is the way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to parse this out. I think it's a control issue. And I don't think it's a control issue in meaning that people are trying to control people mm-hmm. and that people are trying to gain control of one very small factor in our mortality. And I think it's good to do that. I think it's good to make the world cleaner, and I think it's good to use clean energy, and I think it's good to use solar. I think mm-hmm. all these things are good, but I think we're fucked anyway. <laughs> I think we're fucked anywhere from, because of solar flares and volcanoes and earthquakes and tsunamis mm-hmm. and asteroids and pandemics. I think we're fucked anyway. And I think if you look at the history of the world— there's been radical changes before we ever came about, yeah, yeah. whether it's asteroid impacts or massive fucking <laughs> ice ages or all kinds of crazy shit that's killed off people yeah. from the beginning of fucking people. There's been a lot of them. And if you think that switching totally to solar is going to stop all that other shit from <laughs> happening, you got another thing coming. It doesn't mean that solar's not good. It doesn't mean that cleaning the air is not good. I think these are very important factors. But the idea that it's going to save us. But that's why I say, that's why I, say I think... Based on my limited knowledge, with respect to like the New Deal and things of that nature, I think some of it, if not more of it, seems to me economically subversive. I don't know. I don't know about that. I've I've heard a lot of criticisms about the Green New Deal. Yeah, most of them from are from Republicans. I haven't heard any criticisms. I would like to hear criticisms from Democrats that don't support it, but. I think the the idea behind green energy is great. I do too. It'd be wonderful. Yeah, even though I hate electric cars, less pollution. You know, the real what's really crazy is the best energy is really fucking nuclear. It has the le- least amount of impacts. Just they they did it pretty sucky back in the Fukushima <laughs> days. 
They didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they they the the energy that they have now when it comes to nuclear yeah. is really fucking good. I mean, look what we do small with our fucking um, our uh, those massive city ships. I can't believe I forgot the name. What are they called? Our uh, you know, our big warships. Oh, the aircraft carriers. Aircraft carriers. I mean, look yeah. the submarines as well. I mean, yeah. that that's an. It's insane. Yeah, they're nuclear. Yeah, like, yeah. like, I, I mean, like I said, this is out of my wheelhouse. You know, yeah. I, I got a business partner. He's the electrical engineer. He may be able to talk to you about that crap. But I don't know it's... about it either. When they say nuclear submarine, that that goes in one ear and shing, comes flying out the other. <laughs> my stupid chimp brain. I, I don't know what that I means. Only, I only I only know about them and the fascinated by them from like I I watch a like I tend to like drink and then watch like documentaries on netflix about world war ii and stuff like that yeah i oddly watch a lot of hitler documentaries because the the manner in which the people bought I, into it's, shit. it's so fascinating me scary. in a very scary way it's um, scary the, yeah. the strong leader yeah. the, the amount of power a strong leader it, has over whether it's, it's kim jong-un or yeah. you know any that's the thing i would keep saying to people when they, they don't think that all that shit can happen yeah here. man i'm like listen they're human beings in 2020, and human beings in 2020 are, are under the control of a military dictatorship. That's that's happening right now, and it's happening in more than one country. It's a it's a style of civilization that exists and has existed since the beginning of time. Yeah. I don't want it to happen here. Yeah. People if, don't understand our our way of living. It's still a baby. Yep. <laughs> it's still yep. a baby compared yeah. to the other structures that are out there in the world. Yeah, and it's I an people, experiment. Yeah, it's experiment and self government. Yep. And and you know a lot of people are like this experiment should be canceled. Let's get rid of it. Start from scratch and do the same shit that like, didn't work before. I don't know, man. I mean, it, I don't think we could start a new country. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I know this trying to Chaz is supposed to be a new country, but <laughs> bitch, you didn't even build any of those buildings. You're basically doing the exact same thing Dude, that we did to the Native Americans. It didn't even take a week. They built borders. Yeah. They had people with guns. And they beat people up for not complying. They they had bad cops. They had they beat this dude up for taking pictures. Like, come on, man. You you would be so pissed if the cops did that. Oh my god. It's just, it's, it's human, oh man. It's gosh. a human issue. I think when I humans think, have control over yeah. humans. I, I've told this story, mm. forgive me if you've heard it before. Mm. I used to work as a security guard mm. for a short period of time when I was nineteen years old. I worked at Great Woods Center for the Performing Arts. It's this Mansfield, Massachusetts uh, amphitheater that all these concerts would play at. I saw John Bon Jovi there or Bon Jovi the band. I saw um, I saw Bill Cosby perform there. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of, when I was working there. I saw a lot of shit. And uh, I developed in a very short period of time. Most of the guys that I, uh, I got the job because one of the guys that I trained with at my Taekwondo school was uh, a security guard. He said, hey, you want this job? It pays really good. It's real easy. You get to see concerts. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so he hired, they hired like a bunch of black belts mm -hmm. to be security. So it was, yeah, it was like a bunch of us. That like were black belts in martial arts. Okay. Like, yeah. Like mixed martial arts or like no, it was Taekwondo back then. Okay, there gotcha. Was, this is like before that. This was 1986. I was 19, so it was 86. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was like just a bunch of karate people. Yeah. Right. So we're out there, um, and we almost instantly developed this us versus them mentality. Almost instantly. We would yell at people when they were doing things wrong. We'd treat mm -hmm. them like shit. And I recognized it. I was like, wow, this is weird. Like yeah. instantly I'll become like, I've developed this attitude yeah. that these people, because they didn't want to listen. They kept doing things yeah. they're not supposed to do. And you're supposed to enforce it. And you get mad. And you do have some power because yeah. you have the security, security jacket on. Yeah. It's so stupid. You have a walkie-talkie. <laughs> the first day I was there, this kid stole a, um, a golf cart. 
first day. And this guy who was the head security guy, his name was Alley Cat, tackled this dude and beat the shit out of him with a walkie-talkie. He beat this guy in the head with a walkie-talkie. My first day on the job, I was like, oh. Okay, so that's how we're doing it. Like, <laughs> like, this is great. And again, I'm a fucking child. I'm yeah. 19 years old. I'm a moron. I don't know anything. And but I I, w I was smart enough to recognize like this is weird. Yeah. Like this this attitude that we have all developed as a security team, this <laughs> us versus them. Now magnify that times a fucking hundred million, and you get cops. Bingo. Yeah. It, wasn't there a social experiment done, like this famous social experiment where they like Stanford they University people, yeah, experiment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they prisoners prison yeah, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, yeah they pe yeah. immediately started abusing the inmates, treating them like shit. And, and it's funny because it's like, so like, I watch a lot of uh, uh, Tim Pool. You know, he calls he calls it, calls it LARPing when they, yes. you know, out there LARPing. Tim's great. Like, yeah, I love yeah, Tim. I love Tim. Um, and it's just funny because it's like, how quickly, how quickly they relegated themselves to doing the exact same shit that they were critiquing and criticizing. Yes, 100%. They're pretending to be progressive like, and they have borders. <laughs> yeah, like, let everybody in, you fucks. <laughs> like, but they wanted to control it. Well, how do you control things? You control things with borders. borders exactly. How do you reinforce your so ideas? Well, you have to beat people up. Yeah. I mean, they're basically, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's like, these are, it's like, you're doing, it's almost like a Petri dish. You're doing experiments. Yeah. This is a human lab. And in this, this lab is failing. You I think know? people think, like, People watch you do what you do, and especially when they don't realize you've been doing this for years, and they're like, he doesn't do shit but sit behind a microphone and talk. I'm like, all right, I want you to come on camera, find somebody who you even kind of sort of agree with, have a three-hour conversation with them, and then keep it engaging during the entire conversation and see how long you last, and then do that multiple times a day. It's not that easy. But uh, it's something you get better at. Yeah, I know. That's what's weird but about it. But you got better at it through repetition. Yes. And so, and funny, we kind of talked about this the last time I was here. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem is, is that when you only watch the end result of your repetition and getting to where you are now, people oversimplify what it is that you do. And so what happens is they think they can do it better, even though they haven't engaged in the same level of repetition or thought process to really think it out. So what I think is happening is you got all these kids with these grandiose ideas, mm. right? They go to these schools, they teach these grandiose ideas from professors telling them like, this is why we can do it, this is why we can do it. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, give us the country. We can do it a lot better than they can. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you see the result of that. You have Seattle and things go shit like that. And the funny thing is, it's going to, sh to shit while still having the support structure of an entire city. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, not, it's not like they don't have the resources of the uh, of the city to be provided for it's them. It's basically a tumor. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And so it's like... If I was the government, I'd be pumping guns into them. I'd be like, you guys need guns. You should get explosives. You guys, here's some... Uh, you want some C4? Here's some biological weapons. Here's some anthrax. If I was, tr because if, if I was and, trying and, to collapse it. And the crazy thing is... The Founding Fathers understood that human nature, mm -hmm. that there's always, if there's a vacuum of power, there's always going to be someone or something willing to fill it. Yes. And then if left unchecked, it will become a black hole of power, mm -hmm. which is why they tried to organize our country the way that they did, right. by separating the powers to serve as check against other, yes. other, other entities. People don't really appreciate the beauty of that because they think 
that they can go into things altruistically and think that, okay, no, I'll get the taste of power. I think you think money is intoxicating. Power is a whole nother thing. Like you pointed out, even on a minor level of being a security guard at a concert, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Now imagine being in charge of millions of people. Right. Oh, come on, man. Or being a general exactly. that can lead people, people into, into war. war. Yeah, you could decide to just fucking light up this city. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. It's nuts. And, yeah. and, and people, I don't think people have a big enough appreciation for how intoxicating power really is. Exactly. And I think and, that's one of the reasons why you need a stringent evaluation process before you let someone be a police officer. Yeah. Instead of just like trying to recruit people, yeah. it should be something where you don't want to recruit yeah. people. You want to say, listen, man, this job ain't for you. <laughs> you know, you got you to jump through hoops and ladders yeah. to get this fucking job. And I think the problem, though, is it's we kind of have to measure that against... <sighs> The problem is that means there'll be less cops. Yes. And we don't exactly have an overemphasis. We don't, it's not like we have too many cops now. Right. Um, so it's like, we don't man, know it's like, how do we balance that? You right. Know? And then what do we do about the places where they want to defund the cops, where they're, they're voting overwhelmingly in, in Minneapolis to defund the police department? I mean, I don't know what that means. Let them eat cake? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, like, because it's like, if you, what do you do when they're doing it to themselves? I don't know, but there's, not, there's good people that live in Minneapolis. That's just very true. They're, they're really doing true. that. Yeah. And you're right, because there's a lot of people that, like, in the gun debate or in the, in the gun discussion, that, you know, when we talk about places like California and people are like, oh, it's not fair. The gun laws here suck. And a lot of people who, like, live in Texas or live in more freer states are like, well, move. And it's not that easy. No. It's not always that easy. So you're right. So I take that back because you're right. There are a lot it's of people hard. in these places that don't really have a say, and they can't just meet. They can't just leave. Well, especially now. Right, because post COVID, most people are broke. Yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't work at all for three fucking whole months. months. They went through all their savings. You're right. You're right. Try to move now, and then also, where's the jobs? Where the fuck are you going to get a job? Yeah, yeah. If you're stuck in Minneapolis and they defund the cops, you're like, oh my god, you better buy some bullets. You better get get some guns and get some bullets and get some friends who also have guns and, 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 and form a small yeah. militia. <laughs> but you don't need that. The founding fathers had muskets. <laughs> how, how much do you hate that argument? Founding fathers. They, they wrote that back when they had muskets. But then we'll be so quick to invalidate the notion that, well, yeah, they also wrote it when they only had quill pins. It's true. You know, yeah, they wrote and, and, par- the and parchment yep. and, and to, to write on. Like, right. it's, so where they did where it by candlelight. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, right? Fucking dope. <laughs> what do they know? They didn't have no internet. <laughs> it's amazing how really well thought out their, their system of government was. Seriously. If you though. consider the fact that yeah. we still use it in 2020. I think it's I, I think it's beautiful. It it's is not perfect. No. It's not perfect at all. Nothing with people involved yeah. is perfect. It's perfect. It, it's Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. And I, and I said that, I used to say that when I was in law school and I talked about the <clears> law, the practice of the law, and the idea that the, I was like, Theoretically, the justice system is perfect. It's just executed by imperfect people. Yes. The concepts are perfect. They're just, when you add the element of people who are imperfect, then that inherently is what cre- creates the imperfection in the system. Right. And the system is designed to tar- sort of mitigate the mitigate, imperfections of people. Exactly. And it's done a pretty fucking good, good job, job if you yeah. think about how goddamn old it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like I said, there, there, you know, people do fall through the cracks, and then there are, you know, there are some things that are deteriorating as a result of it, mm-hmm. um, and those things need to be addressed. Uh, but by and large, people need to understand that, like, 
It's this 244 <laughs> years old or whatever the fuck it is. Like, God damn, it's yeah. old. Yeah, it's really old. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's, I mean, it's, I guess it's young compared to other, oh, yeah, those, other systems. Those but. fucking dummies. <laughs> think about how they're doing it. Look at what's going on in China. That's the yeah. oldest one we got. Yeah, and there. It's crazy, oof, man. Oof, oof. The government and all businesses are intertwined inexorably. You want to run a corporation? <sighs> Great. You work for the fucking government. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <sighs> and people are wondering why they don't want to let Huawei in. Like, I've had people explain that to me. Like, mm -hmm. like companies that have been accused of using third-party backdoors to steal data and yeah. espionage and mm -hmm. all kinds of shit. That's why they won't let them sell their cell phones here. Like, that's uh, a part of the, that's a branch uh, of the Chinese government. Gotcha. Like, they're not really a corporation yeah. that's, like, free and independent, like <laughs> Apple or, or, or you know, any, I, mean, I don't even know how independent they are when you get to a certain yeah, size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I is true. someone probably that comes knocking. True. Yeah, at some point. Hey, y'all, we'll, yeah. we'll like, there like is some a, access to that data. There, there is a, there is is a, such thing as being too big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when you're dealing with information, like yeah. with Google and you know and Apple, and you're collecting so much data, and the government would love to take a look at that stuff. We could save a lot of lives if we could just see what this man's browser history is. Ah, oh, the beautiful pretext to tyranny. We yeah. can save lives. Know, that is man. that. That is. Yeah, man. I, I can't get down with that. I know. I can't get down with it either. But it's like, what? do we do what do we do to keep it from sliding into the abyss uh, i mean <laughs> yeah. get a gun <laughs> <laughs> i don't know joe you get you get a little too extreme for me now ah, brother i don't that's know an argument that like you couldn't have made 5 months ago people nah, would you really couldn't but name. now people are like hmm, hmm. maybe hmm and like, it's 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 a it's bittersweet it's very bittersweet because i hate that it had to come to this for people to kind of start realizing it. Right. But I can't be too surprised. I've been preaching it for how long now that this could possibly happen. Right. So it's kind of, I shouldn't be too surprised, but it's still kind of bittersweet. My only thing is right now is I just, I just, for all the new people, I implore you, go out. I know, I know times are hard, money's tight, but if you have the ability, at, at bare minimum, get on YouTube and just gorge. There's so much information. Even though YouTube has done a good job of trying to, like, you know, filter shit out. You can still search. You it. can still get there. You yeah. can just search, literally search what, you, what you're what you thinking. They're definitely and, not promoting you. Yeah, they're definitely not promoting yeah. me. No. Like, this this video will never hit the trending <laughs> section of YouTube. Nope. You know what else didn't, though? Elon Musk. Well, yeah. I, but, but he's... he's Too uh, controversial. Yeah. So they, they, yeah. they decide... What trends and what doesn't trend? Yeah, I, I like Elon. I love him. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, I still, I, I need, to, I still need. To, I think we should have a conversation where I can sit down with Elon and talk to him about these electric cars, though. <laughs> what are you gonna say to him? There, he makes awesome Yo, electric cars. Bro, can you make can you make a non electric car? As awesome as the, the, no, the electric car. No, I know. I know. He's all about I'm, electric. I'm being facetious. I think if you got a hold of one of them roadsters when they come out, you'd be all in. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that. That's keep nice. in mind. Keep in mind. I'm telling you. I'm being willingly stubborn about this. I know. Yeah. I see like, it. Like, like, I like, get yeah. it. Dude, I'm with, right with you. A lot of my friends are right with you too. Yeah. A lot of my friends are like, no, 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 no. I need an exhaust note. <laughs> yeah. I need a rumble. I need to feel it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's 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 magical, man. It, there's something yeah. to it that's undeniable. It's also very American. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. a V8. Woo! That's American as fuck. When I drive my Corvette, my 65 Corvette, yeah. I feel like a goddamn bald eagle. <laughs> 
You know, it's like that's as American as it gets. Sixty-five Corvette with oh, side man. pipes. Uh, you can't, you can't beat it. it, man. No, you can't beat. You can't beat it. It. I mean, it's you, also you can shoot and beat it, but yeah. that's up there too. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing that people don't want to hear. They no, don't want to hear that, but it's a, there's a thrill to shooting. I mean, think about it. Like, like I've taken some courses. Like, of course, I take in New Mexico. Um, we're shooting out to six hundred, sometimes a thousand meters. That's crazy. Naughty. What's so far? And, and it's. But it, then you also talk about how beautiful it is. People love long range shooting. Oh, they get very addicted. I'm getting what's there. The, when you get to a thousand yards, what's the amount of time between boom and tink? Man, it's it's extremely noticeable. But here's where it's, where it's really trippy. I don't know the exact seconds because it all depends on you, you're talking about different bullet speeds. We should tell people point. what dink means. Yeah. You're hitting you're a metal hitting, target. Maybe still yeah. target. Yeah. yeah. So the crazy thing is when you're watching it. Through your optic, you see the, the impact. vapor trail. Yes, you yeah. see the vapor trail, and then you see the impact, but you don't hear anything. And then you see it, ding, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it takes time for it to come back to Yeah, because sound wow. travels slower. Yeah, it's crazy. Because <sighs> the bullet's literally traveling that. faster than the speed of sound. People yeah. don't realize that. Yeah. And it's naughty, man. And, it, and then you take that, you couple that with being in a beautiful environment. Mm. Oh my gosh, you can't beat it. Bro. Yeah, when I've shot at the range, I've really only shot uh, rifles up to like 200 yards, mm -hmm. and that you hear boom dink. Yeah. So there is a difference, though. It's mm -hmm. not instantaneous. Tainous, yeah. yeah. You still do. You still get the delay. Because yeah. otherwise, you wouldn't even hear the dink. Yeah. You would just, you just you'd be boom. drowned out just, by the boom. Exactly. Yeah. Which is how. Which is a lot of times is like that's how suppressors work. Right. Because people think suppressors make things super, super, super quiet. They really don't. Because all the suppressor doing is it's it's mitigating the noise at the muzzle. Right. And people don't realize that when a bullet breaks the sound barrier, you get a crack. Right. So when you shoot a gun, typically speaking, you're hearing two sounds at once. You're hearing the bullet leave the muzzle, and then you're hearing the crack of the bullet break the sound barrier because it's traveling that fast. So it's like a cacao, but it's happening at, it sounds like it's happening at once auditorily. Right. But, so when you put a suppressor on it, people are surprised because once it mitigates the noise at the muzzle, all you're hearing is the sound of the action if it's not a bolt action, and then you're hearing the bullet break the sound barrier. Right. And so it's it's kind of kind of cool actually when you when you hear it. Now, granted, you don't want to do that too much because it's still damaging to your ears. That's what, what a lot about, of people realize that. What about a suppressor with subsonic sonic so ammo? So that's the only one where it actually gets really damn quiet. The, but the problem is is unless you're shooting a bolt action. The sound of that bolt smacking back and forth is loud as hell too. Mm, but what about a pistol? Same thing, because you, you get smack, the, smack. Yeah, yeah, you get you get the sound of the other right. slide racking back and forth. Um, so unless you're shooting a bolt action, you want to go. You want to get as quiet as possible. Use a bolt action. What's a bolt action with subsonic rounds. The opposite suppressed. of a suppressor is a muzzle brake, and I have yes. a rifle with a muzzle brake, yeah. and it, it mitigates the kick yeah, a lot. But it also oh, it's so loud. <laughs> yeah. People get mad. Yeah, because you got because you're you're outside of the cone of the blast, right? And so everybody on the side of you is oh, getting get hit by that up. blast. Yeah, they get man, fucked up by that it's blast. nuts, man. They're really loud, but it makes shooting a gun so much more enjoyable. Yeah, it's like yeah. fifty percent less recoil. Yeah, yeah, it really feels like so. It. It's like either one. Because yeah. suppressors do the same thing. Suppressors <laughs> right. mitigate the recoil too. So, oh, okay. so you can go suppressor, or you can go now. And I tell people all the time, the whole suppressor thing. I think that's a that's a health issue. I think so too. I think it's a health issue for your ears. Yeah, yeah. Like it's loud, man. Like but people they, don't realize they that. have this ignorant idea yeah. that people are gonna sneak up on people and shoot Dude, them, and just, no one's gonna hear anything. You mean the same way people do with knives? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can buy them everywhere. <laughs> like, but I mean, uh, they think it's going to be like the movies. Yeah. Uh, and it does not happen like that. No, at all. It's, pretty, it's not. It's pretty loud. It's, it's loud. It's like, like I told you, like yeah. I don't shoot when I shoot suppressed. I still wear ear protection. Oh yeah. Like people yeah. realize, like, why are you wearing? Like people in my videos, like, why are you wearing ear protection? In Europe, it's still loud. they hunt with suppressors mm. and they do it out of courtesy, courtesy for yeah. the other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it really would be good for people if they they had suppressors. Yeah. But it's a thing in California. I think they're totally illegal. Yeah. Oh no, you can't suppress them. But I think it's also an ignorant thing. I think it's yeah. people that don't understand. Well, because you have guns. Because pe- you have people making policies based on movies. Right. Exactly. Movies. <laughs> Well, in all due defense, this is where we actually make the movies. So, uh, well, they're very influenced that, that, by them here. That, that, I, <clears throat> they I used to make no the more. movies here. They're, they're making less of them and less of them here because of taxes. Taxes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're eating. It, it, California's eating itself. Yeah, it is now. Like I don't yeah. understand that. It's such a beautiful place. It is beautiful. It'll mm-hmm. be all right. Mm-hmm. It'll bounce back. Maybe as soon as I get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I think the suppressor thing is a, is a really dumb argument. I, I yeah. don't. But they're trying to do almost everything to mm-hmm. limit the amount of uh, options that someone who wants to have a gun has here. Now, see, that's another thing that people don't talk about because people are talking about, oh, it's just it's just a law to make it a little bit harder. Well, that that should aggregates. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, what you start doing, you start pricing people out of the market. Right. And so, if you start adding, because all these laws, they're not they're not free. Mm-hmm. Like background checks aren't free. People don't realize that. They're, right. they're not free. So you have all of these little these little fees and taxes and all this stuff. You and I are not gonna have a problem paying for them, but you know who will? People who live in shitty environments and don't have a lot of money. That's who's gonna have a problem buying guns to, for protection. Who arguably probably need them more. Right. And people don't understand or think about that, or people don't understand. Oh well, these are just reasonable laws, and there's nothing unreasonable. Yeah, but see, here's the problem. You stack them on top of each other, it just becomes more of a barrier to, to firearm ownership. The, the, a lot of times, a lot of these laws are designed to make it so hard and annoying to own a gun that you just don't want to do it. Mm. It's just too much. And people are like, why don't you like mandated training? Well, because I, I've already seen what they've done with other laws. So all that's going to happen is they're going to start off with saying, okay, you need three hours of mandated training. Then it's going to be four. Then it's going to be seven. Then another shooting will happen. Twenty. Now. As somebody who's an entrepreneur who can generally speaking make their schedule, maybe they may be able to do that. Somebody working two jobs, four or, or five to nine, they can't. They there's no way they're going to be able to satisfy that. Right. You know, and people don't think about the real implications of that. And so, and then even even then, even from a um, an inner city perspective, right? People who are talking about policing that that we police the inner city too much. Well. Where do you think they're going to go and enforce these laws? If we have more of them, where do you think they're going to enforce them? They're not, they're not going to, to, to Malibu to enforce gun laws. They're enforcing them in South Central. Like, I mean, that just is what it is. So people don't think about the actual real consequences of these laws. They look at them and say, oh, well, it's not that, it's not that bad. It's pretty reasonable. No? Okay, what about the other 10, 11, 12 other laws on top of that that were considered just reasonable? I think so many people are just buying the party narrative, whatever the party narrative is, you know, whether it's the the party narrative that that we don't need guns, guns Mm -hmm. should be eliminated, any guns are bad. They don't have like this nuanced, very detailed perspective on what what gun ownership actually is. And the the reason they don't is because of the way we have the conversation. Mm -hmm. 
Right now, the conversation is on their side, on their side, and we throw shit at each other. But the problem also is who controls most of the mass media? Liberal people. Exactly. And where do most people. That's why you're shadow banned. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. That is what it is. Pretty much, man. It's nuts, man. I have, like, it's like I look at stuff and I'm like, I look at I look at the numbers and then I look at it compared to people who are like in I don't know like tech mm-hmm. they make tech videos and stuff like that and I'm like our numbers are on par but I guarantee all their videos are monetized. Well, like, shadow banning is real. Yeah, you know it's real on Instagram, it's real on YouTube, it's real on Twitter, it's real on all those things. Yeah, and it's it's it, there's really not much that we can do. I mean, what I mean I know what I do. I just I pivot. Yeah, you know, if one thing gets shut, and it's happened before. Like they'll just keep shutting it, shutting doors on me, and I just try to pivot and figure it out. But now what I've done is that, like, which emphasizes the importance of having your own independent platform. It does. Like, it does. And um, we just hit three hours. Believe it or oh, not. Oh shit! Really? It's already three thirty, man. Oh, but I just want to say I, I think you're doing a great job, and I think you know, out of all the people that are promoting guns, and you you do it in, in my opinion, the most reasonable and well thought out perspective. Well, and appreciate I, it. I, I appreciate you very much. Thanks, man. brother. Thanks for being here, Absolutely, sir. man. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Goodbye, friends. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Oh, great. Shit, that went fast. I, I never understand how fucking fast that goes.